Friday, November the 4th, 2021. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Breeders' Cup weekend coming up, but there's not going to be any horse racing on this episode. I know the last like week, week and a half, things have been a, a little off, but normally I like to have uh, episodes where we have a little bit of everything. But this week with the Breeders' Cup, uh, we had some very horse racing focused episodes and I didn't want to... Uh, just have only horse racing. We have our uh, our weekly segments that we have to get to. We have to cover everything going on in football. We have to catch up with Chad Cooper and see what's going on in the world of wrestling. And on this episode, we're going to have conversations with both of them. We'll do our normal uh, NFL deep dive for uh, all of the Sunday and Monday football games with Eric. So we, uh, yeah, we spend uh, we had we talked about some news at the beginning too because over the last week or so in the NFL. The news cycle has been really crazy. Some things that were sad, tragic, really, really crazy stuff. Injury news, like just a little bit of everything that was unbelievable to, to just happen within a, a a week's worth of time. We're gonna get into AEW. Also, some kind of real world stuff happening in the in in AEW, and they handled it just great. And they do a, such a fantastic job with that kind of stuff. Chad Cooper joins me to talk all about that. And uh, we both give AEW much praise for uh, the way that they uh, they conducted business this week. And Jack Fitzpatrick is back again from DRF Sports, social media manager there. Jack came on last week. We talked about a couple games that ended up going very well. He was on Seattle. And when we recorded, we were talking about Green Bay on, in the Thursday night game. So Jack is back. We're going to talk all about some of those... Uh, crazy news stories in the NFL and Jack shares a couple of uh, his thoughts on some of this weekend's big games coming up. So a lot of football on this episode and some wrestling on this episode that is presented by better than dot Vegas at BTV bets is the place. That's where you can follow them on Twitter at BTV bets. Turn on your notifications when you do so because every single day they have a public prop giveaway where they put in a wager and then they post which wager they've they've made and one of you out there will get the wager if it wins you get the money you keep it it's a free roll and you get the opportunity to win a couple hundred bucks all the time we really really they're trying to give away money over at BTV every day they want to help you become a better better everything's free at BTV when you go to better than dot Vegas there are videos from a bunch of different handicappers and gamblers from all around the world that are sharing their insights sharing their analysis trying to um, grow their following and uh, show you why they are uh, successful doing what they do and some are more than others and you can show if you are successful or maybe you want to grow your following or you just want to have fun and post some of your selections if you create an account at better than dot Vegas which is totally free to do just create an account and you start posting videos and selections they will score all of your wagers and if you end up having the best month you win a thousand dollars for nothing for free the monthly showdown everything's free at btv better than dot vegas one of the presenting sponsors of that's what g said podcast one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said is uh, Stable Duel. And our good friends at Stable Duel have uh, another big weekend coming up. They won't be having Breeders' Cup contests be- because you know a lot of times when Breeders' Cup comes into town, it things are a little bit different. Wagering menus change, things change, this and that happens. But they will give you a really nice compliment to what's going on with the Breeders' Cup racing. So all weekend long, you've got you know Friday, for example, at StableDuel.com. 
free to download the app. They even have some free contests this week into next week. Uh, earlier this week, we had a Charlestown free free ride. So if you're always if you're looking for some action, download that app. Search around for some of the free games. How about Saturday? Like the the Laurel free ride that actually has cash prizes to the winner and the top finishers. Friday, Charlestown, Woodbine, Gulfstream, and Penn National all have games. Saturday, Charlestown, Golden Gate, Gulfstream, and Laurel with that free ride. And then Sunday, back to Del Mar. So a couple different options at Del Mar on Sunday. Woodbine, Laurel, and Gulfstream. Stable duel. Get those entries in and play race win. We're going to get into our conversation with Jack Fitzpatrick in just a moment, but Jack Fitzpatrick is uh, representing DRF Sports, and we know DRF.com Daily Racing Form as that incredible source of information through the years. So if you are like me, if you're someone who's played the races all the time and you've had that daily racing form, you've trusted the information that you're going to get. I trust those past performances from DRF this weekend coming up. It is the Breeders' Cup, and you can purchase your packages for the past performances right now. If you need help with that Breeders' Cup, I just you know discussed I have three episodes out of, of That's What G Said. One that covers everything from Friday, two full episodes for Saturday analysis. Every single horse in every single Breeders' Cup race is discussed. Some races with the with and everyone with a different guest. We covered all the undercard races also. Just to get you set up for those Breeders' Cup races. And some some of those conversations went 20, 25, 30 minutes. Others went all the way up to a, about an hour for one race. Horse by horse, their previous races, their trip notes. What happened? What kind of a pace is it going to be like? What do we think of them? Positives, negatives. Incredible information from so many different people. So if you're looking for some horse racing stuff, if you need some help with the Breeders' Cup from your handicapping Make sure to check out some of the other uh, the shows that we just put together for you. When you need to uh, to handicap those races, though, I'm heading to drf.com. Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap, past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is... 
Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone, cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next and then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering multiple formats to view you got the overview page with recent speed figures current days odds easy access to expert selections and analysis you got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse and you got those traditional drf pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones they are constantly upgrading improving and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at drf.com so if you're listening to this before the breeders cup you can head there right now and get those uh different packages the breeders cup handicapping store drf.com the timeform us package which will give you the timeform us pace projectors and speed figures and then you get the past performances and then you get the two-day betting strategies and the player's guide you can get the player's package which will get you the formulator or classic PPs for Friday, Saturday, the two-day betting strategies and the player's guide or the VIP package, which will also include the clocker report on top of everything else that I'd mentioned. Breeders' Cup, for me, the only place to to, to go to succeed. DRF.com. I got the VIP package. We look forward to uh, knock on wood, hopefully having a very successful weekend coming up. And we're going to do the same thing when we shift our focus over to sports because Jack and I, we're going to have another successful weekend. It was good for uh, for us last weekend when Jack came on and talked about Seattle, and that was the, the game that he dished out, and they absolutely crushed and covered. So Jack is back. Sounds so, sounds like one of the Jack in the Box commercials. Right? Jack is back and in the box. And Jack Fitzpatrick is back from DRF Sports, the uh, social media manager. Jack is going to become a, a staple on here because he he's been doing a great job. He's been joining us on some of the uh, live streams too, the better than dot vegas live stream. He was with us on Thursday night and hopefully he will be uh, be back to help us out because Jack is able to come on and I mean, he's a very sharp uh, handicapper and a gambler and he's able to help share with us some of that Really great information that we get over at DRF Sports. So we look forward to talking with Jack here about everything going on in the world of football. We talk about a couple of the big storylines and games heading into this weekend and about everything happening over at DRF Sports. The awesome sports month of October transitions over to November, but uh, baseball finishes up. But the sports continue. We're in right in the middle of the football season now. We have college football continuing to roll on. NBA starting to pick up now. We're starting to get a feel for who some of these teams really are. And now college sports uh, and basketball in particular is really ramping up. I know this gentleman is someone that uh, loves to play some of those college sports. I'm talking about Jack Fitzpatrick from DRF Sports, social media manager. He is back again with us this week. So, Jack, you were a... Uh, Telling us a little last week that you love you you're kind of heavily invested in some of the uh, sort of like the the smaller conferences where I, a lot of times in in gambling you can really gain an advantage. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I love mid major basketball. So I'm a J. I went to James Madison University in Virginia, and they're in the Colonial Athletic Association. And so I love low major, mid major uh, basketball. Even even the WCC. I know they have Gonzaga, but the West Coast Conference, when you look mm-hmm. at like the lower teams there, you can just find so much value because 
the books just aren't watching JMU take on Elon on a Wednesday night. Like, I mean, they are, but at the same time, you can probably know more than by paying it. Yeah, just by paying attention, right? Exactly. If you know that this random injury to their sixth man and their sixth man averages 15, two, and three, but you know he's his impact on the court, he's, it might he's not be the only other ball handler they have, you know, yeah, something exactly. like that. You, yeah, exactly. And then you you understand that oh, this injury actually might impact them more than more than what's expected. So mm-hmm. let me jump on the dog here. Yep. Who's at plus four hundred? Because yep. sometimes those money lines just get absolutely absurd too. Yep. Oh yeah, that's a that's a great way to gain an advantage. It's NFL, which we talk about um, all the time because it's just so fun. Everybody loves it. That it's so great and. The the lines in the betting market is so sharp, and particularly this year, as we we spoke a little bit about last uh, last week, we finally got a an underdog that was greater than seven points to win outright. It was the first one this year with the Jets uh, last week doing it, and that was a game that was a uh, one that moved a ton. I think early in the look aheads, it was something like three three and a half. The Bengals were favored by, and after they. Beat up the Ravens and the Jets Got beat up and and got 50 put On them coming off the bye and their Quarterback got hurt nobody knew what to Expect from Mike White And uh, that thing That was one of the bigger moves I've seen in a while and one of the bigger overreactions From a week because Maybe a little more than a week because the Bengals Had strung together some good weeks But that was a that was pretty crazy yeah, and then like you said, Mike White, the the week of backup quarterbacks is absolutely mm-hmm. insane. But our podcast guys at the DRF Sports podcast, they were all over that one. They yeah. they saw it was ten and a half, and he or I think it was eleven when they recorded the podcast. It was something crazy, and they were all over that. They took the Jets um, spread. I I followed suit with them, and I enjoyed watching that game. I was a little upset I didn't take the money line, but I don't think I can ever take Jets money line. Yeah, that would have been uh, hard to, to sprinkle some, but. <laughs> That was one that I stayed – it's funny because in Survivor Pools, I stayed away from that game, and I, I played the Jets on the spread and stuff. As soon as it got to 10, that was like, okay, definitely, I'm, I'm jumping in now. And uh, and then I made I, – so I was all – I was happy when I saw them and everybody basically going down in that Survivor Pool, <laughs> and I tried to zag, and I went with the freaking Chargers. And so I had about like an hour of like being like, nice, I'm still alive. Oh, no, no. <laughs> that was just the highs and the lows, but – we had a couple highs last week uh, here too, Jack. We won't take 100% credit for the the Packers on Thursday because when we recorded this, it was before that game. But by the time it came out, people didn't get the chance to hear it after. But we were mainly talking about sort of what we were just talking about in that Jets game. Just the overreaction to things, the way things had moved, and what we were expecting from that Thursday night game. And it's funny that it, it sort of played out very similar to what we thought. Rodgers played really well, and now... He's big in the news this week. It's isn't it amazing how quick this league moves? It, it's it's crazy. It's been a just an avalanche of news the past couple of days. But speaking of those lines, and now the Packers are seven and a half point dogs to the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I kind of like the Packers there. I know. Though. I, 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 know. I, that, I think I I think I have faith in Jordan Love. I don't know. I think I do. Devontae yeah. Adams is back. I think MVS is going to be back, and Matt Lafleur. Is I think he's thirty. Some insane. I think thirty three and seven. If the math adds up there, since he's taken over, and I like the Packers there, but who knows? Who knows what what the COVID situation is in Green Bay? Because it seems like it's changing every day. But 
The Chiefs aren't that good, and they and they've been a really bad against the spread team, even when they've been good over the last oh, two yeah. years almost. And those are like you can find a lot of that information over at drf.com/sports. So we're going to continue on and talk a lot about what's happened in the league and and, and some some games coming up this week. But um, wanted to uh, mention a, a little bit about what you can find over there on this site, as it it really does look. Just like the the sports book, you know, right at the top. When you look at it, you get, for example, today a day like today is really cool because you're gonna get some NBA, some NHL. Uh, when we are recording early on Thursday, there's gonna be the Thursday night football game a little bit later on. So you're getting a real good um, opportunity to play all these different sports. And hey, if you want to find out about the NFL game or the NBA matchup between you know Philly and Detroit. All you have to do is click on the box for the matchup, and there is just a world of information in front of you, Jack. Yeah, you can get line movements, what they are head-to-head the last three years, then also dating back to, I believe, 1992 in a lot of cases. So you have just a treasure trove of past performances. You have all of their key statistics, all of their key injuries, and you can see where the public's betting. You can see just everything. Like, if if you go to the – I'm a big fan of the – sun. sorry, I almost said fun belt. (laughs) <laughs> the sun belt is the fun belt day. That's normally a Wednesday. Uh-huh. Yeah. But if you go to line movements and if you go to the sun belt game tonight, 80, you can see 86% of the public is on Louisiana to cover 13 and a half, where 14% is on Georgia State. And that's just, if you're a person who really likes betting against the public, you can just, you can make your money doing that right there within drf.com slash sports. And it's a Breeders' Cup weekend coming up. I had a bunch of Breeders' Cup preview shows that we put uh, together earlier in the week, and so I'm sure there are a lot. And there are always horse racing uh, people that that have followed and, and then are watching and listening to uh, to the content that that I put out there. And so, so many of these people know DRF. They know the name. They've had that racing form with them for years. When they would carry it around, they'd read the articles, and um, they, you know, like I said, I got caught in uh, in school a couple times when I was like ten years old, twelve years old. I got the form hidden under like my science book. It's like, what is that? <laughs> um, nothing, nothing, and trying to hide it. It's big and it's all papery. But now you got drf.com. You can go in and print out the, the the PPs if you'd like, or you can do everything online. It's all digital. But everyone has known and trusted this source of in racing. It's been the source that that has provided you with all this incredible information for so many years, and in just moments, in in t- talking with you before even having you on, I immediately got that same sense when you look at DRF Sports and you see that you just have so much there right in front of you. You don't have to click on ten different websites, open up a bunch of different things. Every, that matchup tab alone for each game is is like. An incredible wealth of information Yeah you can get lost in there If you can just read all the betting angles And for every single game You can just get lost and talk yourself in And talk yourself out And then talk yourself back in I'm going to that plus 400 money line dog That you really like Or or something like that And it's it's every game Every NFL, college football, MLB, NBA, NHL And college basketball They have betting angles They have the matchups They have they have everything you need for almost every single major, major sport. And maybe you're someone who prefers watching a video or listening to a podcast versus reading. And, you know, some some people <laughs> I, I, I like to do both. You know, I like to throw on both. I'll, I'll look the stuff up myself. And then there's always going to be something that I'm catching when I'm uh, listening to the uh, the podcast 
or, or watching the videos on the right hand side if you're looking at the website drf.com slash sports the right hand side you can get all the uh, the recent videos right up top there's a, a tab to click on for the podcast and uh, if you go down to the bottom and you subscribe uh, with the DRF Sports Insights you'll get the basically the newsletter sent to you with all important all sorts of important information um you know releases with the uh, videos and podcast um articles and and key insights and angles that they think are interesting or worth watching it's just really really good and it's going to any information that you can t- take it all in take as much as you can when you're investing your money you know I want to be as Prepared as possible I want to know as many things as possible Before I invest Yeah 100% And you were mentioning the videos Our Sunday and Saturday Six packs drop today On YouTube and Facebook So if you can go on over to DRF Sports on YouTube And DRF Sports Data on Facebook You can get all the Sunday six packs Scott Grambling His uh, NFL six pack Is 11-1 and one against the spread The last Ooh. two weeks I think he's now 18-6 and six. If you subscribe to that newsletter He's 18-6 and six against the spread um, all season on the Sunday scoop. So absolute fire coming from Scott. And then our podcast, like you mentioned, available really wherever you find podcasts. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon. Um, and then also, yeah, on the website. And they're they're handing out great picks. Every week they do a thing uh, called the Red Light Special. And that's where they're picking just Moneyline underdogs. So far this season, they're five and three, but coming off two weeks where uh, they picked the Bengals to beat the Ravens. And then this week they picked the Saints to beat the Falcons, if I recall correctly, so big time, big time, good money going on on and, all, and of our, all of our stuff. That's the kind of content that, as uh, as gamblers, like you know, we're all we have a big ego. Oh, I I do my work, I do my research, I do this, but I like to listen and and, and hear a bunch of other people, especially when I'm going to get stuff like that. Underdogs, I'm going to get some outside of the box thinking. I'm going to get reasons to look to play against. Heavy favorites or against teams that the public's going to be be backing. You know that's the kind of stuff that you you can use to gain an advantage and and any advantage that you can get. You know you, you listen to some people. Maybe you don't use what they say this week or you don't play that particular game, but something jumped out at you. You watch the result of that game. Oh, that played out very much like they said. Boom. Then the next week or two, that's something that you're paying a little bit more attention to. I think I think that's how we all learn. Right, some of us are very lucky. We have one or two people that, that can just teach us everything. I think most most people kind of pick up a little bit from everyone, and and there is some great stuff happening right now with those videos and the podcast over at DRF Sports. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Sometimes I think uh, I faded them once, and it didn't work out well. <laughs> no, for them. So no. I normally stick to them just yeah. to get, get a baseline of of what we're feeling. We can be stubborn for a little bit as <laughs> as gamblers, but you know what? When it starts impacting our pocketbooks, it, we're going to we're going to quit that real quick. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> I was I was stubborn for a really long time. Um I was a big parlay better. Mm-hmm. Uh and then when I just kept hitting two out of three legs or yep. three out of four legs, I said I would be making a lot of money if I just bet singles. Yep. Um now my stubbornness that I have to break is live bets. Um yep. Yeah, I'm watching a game and I'm like, you know what? They're plus 450 right now. This but is, this is I the just time. really like the way they're running the football right now. And I then boom, fumble on the next play. <laughs> yeah, and then it just goes down and it goes downhill. But I'll I'll just stick to my my placing all the bets on you know Friday night, Saturday morning, and then just riding with those for the weekend. And it worked well for you last week on this show because we talked about Seattle, and and that was again what's key. One thing that you you've heard Jack and I talk about in just the, the couple conversations that we've had is you know 
value the right number, especially if you're someone who plays consistently. You can't afford being on the wrong side of numbers in the yeah. NFL. <laughs> in the NFL, it's they're just it's just too sharp. And when we talked, we looked at this game and it was Seattle um at home playing the Jags and it was just 3. Yeah, that was which disrespectful. Yeah. And say now after they blew them out. And what's what's nice is that you know a lot of the people who know horse racing sometimes you bet a horse and they're ten to one, but by the time that horse ends up going off, all this late money comes in. They end up going off at like three to one, and it's yeah. like oh my gosh, you didn't you didn't get locked in. There's no that you know obviously you get locked in the price that you play, and so that's nice if you get it at the right time and then it moves the other way. It wouldn't have mattered in this case, obviously, but we we it's it's one of those things where if the line was where it should have been. We probably don't even jump in and play that game. Yeah. I mean, I think it ended up closing at around four and a half, five, but I forgot what the final score even was. But they absolutely Three, obliterated. 31 to seven. You know? Yeah. And if, if, but if, like you said, if it's, if it was closer to five when we were talking on Thursday, yeah. we probably wouldn't have looked at that game and thought twice about it. Yeah. You know what? Five, five, six probably makes about sense where, yeah. where they should be favored over them, you know? And, we we knew the uh, the old herb off the buy. Who who knew who knew how this team was going to get prepped because uh, <laughs> they they sure didn't look ready to go week one of this year. And in, in probably one of the worst performances I can remember from a like a professional football team with the mistakes they made. Too many men in the huddle. There were penalties, calling a bunch of timeouts because they didn't know what to do, and they got crushed by a Houston team that uh yeah hasn't looked all that great since. So let's let's talk about. Like you said, some of the news and how it'll impact things moving forward this weekend. Since we talked, which was one one week ago, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is out. Yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. is not with the team. Uh, he, that whole thing is just so interesting. Bizarre. Yeah, bizarre. The Saints don't have Jameis anymore, and now Michael Thomas is going to be out. Um, the situation with Henry Ruggs is unbelievably sad and and um, uh, awful, and just. Uh, you know, pray for uh, everyone that was involved there. That is just in, uh, unbelievable. Derek Henry is hurt. A guy who never gets hurt, he's out. Calvin Ridley is gone. A guy who was a top wide receiver and a top pick in a lot of people's fantasy leagues. He's uh, dealing with some mental health issues, and, and very good for him for realizing that he needed to take some time off. The last time we saw him on the field, I think he missed a game. He played a game. Then he came, uh, and in the game he played, he. he I get 10 targets and only four catches. He just looked a little bit off there. Deshaun mm-hmm. Jackson wants out. All of the AFC has two losses now. Arizona loses. They're <laughs> not undefeated anymore. Uh, th- there was a lot that happened in the last week, huh? Yeah, the, it, your head's spinning. Von Miller's <laughs> traded. Um, somehow yeah. the Rams still have draft picks to trade. Um, not sure how that works. Out, You're right. I, that, I didn't mention and, that. Sheesh. Like, now that defense is just even scarier. They moved from plus 750 to win the Super Bowl to uh, plus 650, I believe, once that trade became official. Um, I mean, you're looking at it. The Jameis injury stinks. The Derrick Henry injury stinks. Derrick Henry injury. I don't know how much it necessarily will affect lines moving forward throughout the week, but the fantasy implications. I don't know if you're a big fantasy player. Oh, but- yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm in, like, eight leagues. I got yeah. I got him in a couple of those, unfortunately. I got Ridley in a few, too. And uh, we'll be, we'll be uh, I've been struggling on the waiver wires the last few weeks. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I, like, I don't know how much this will necessarily impact, you know, futures on win totals and things like that. Um, maybe Jameis more than the rest. But just I feel bad for the fantasy players. You're sitting here and you're looking at probably 
50% of the top 50 players coming into this 2021 season are now all out. And it's just, I, it's, it's insane for the fantasy implications. You were uh, talking uh, a little earlier on about the, the backup quarterbacks. It's, it's amazing. We've seen this year uh, with, with some of the rookies early, the, the rookies have for, struggled for the most part. And then there was like one week where, all the rookies played well, and then th- there were uh, some backups that we saw. Mike White was really, really good, like really good last week. And it wasn't—it's funny, it wasn't like a fluky win. I think a lot of people yeah. will, will will kind of point to the play late in the game that was a bad call on the penalty that ended up giving the the Jets the oper- the, the ball and, and and you know change the the end of the game there. But if you look into the box score and just watch the game. The Jets dominated that game First downs, total yards, yards per play Everything, they were really Beating up the Bengals, and in fact One of the Bengals' scores came on a a Jets turnover that just gifted the Bengals A score, I think they had to go like 15 yards To score a touchdown, so That was one where they played really well Mike White, man, he showed up Is there a QB controversy in New York? I don't know Uh, know, Probably not, but (laughs) it's just funny to talk about It is The Jets The Jets have kind of they they aren't a bad team, you know. They have some guys. um, They're not great by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it was a classic trap game for the Bengals. But I mean, you can argue that it came down to that last call at the end. But if the Bengals are as good as like they're they want to be considered, you have to win that game in the first, second, third, or even beginning of the fourth quarter. You can't let that come down to one call. And Mike White took advantage, threw over four hundred yards, and. Obliterated an otherwise solid Bengals secondary We have uh, some Intriguing matchups this weekend Because we're, we're talking Bengals now And uh, it's Browns this weekend Yeah and, and they're Bengals are only favored by one point here I think this might be a little bit of an overcorrection After losing to the Jets I don't yeah. know, if, I think the Bengals are I mean the Browns are They're, they're not in great shape We were just talking about what, yeah. what You wonder what the locker room is like I'm sure someone like Odell has some supporters in there So there are probably at least some people In that locker room divided on what's happening Why should he be being used More are they not using him correctly Um And I, you know I think it's I think to be honest in watching the, the games And specifically watching a lot of his routes Back in the last couple of weeks since all this stuff has started Going on it just feels in, in the like most politically correct way possible Like a little bit of everything he's not Getting the separation quite as much Baker's a little bit hurt and a little bit Banged up there's probably A weird either oh I Don't want to force it to him or I do Want to force it to him thing going on because Last year we saw them try to get it to him too Much and then when he was out They actually kind of played a little More loose and Baker sort of did so I think there are probably a bunch of Different factors contributing to To the Odell stuff but I just don't know I, I'm, I was a big Browns fan coming into this year And I still am I think they're a good football team They're just banged up They have some issues The wide receivers have not been playing Like they've been paying them to play And if they're not They don't have the backfield of, of Hunt and Chubb Well they're a completely different team That's like that's their main strength The fact that they can just run These incredibly above average running backs At you every single play Play after play after play And so their their margin for error right now Is much different A lot of the you know the advanced metrics and stuff. I think they're still a a really highly regarded team. I think they're sixth overall in DVOA still, even at uh, at four and four, because they have a lot of those close losses in, in games. Um, so where do you kind of stack up in this game this weekend? 
I like the Bengals in this yeah. game at home. I do too. Granted, everything you said, it, it it makes it sound like you know we're favoring the Browns. They have a lot going for them. They have one of the best offensive lines yeah. in the league. Yeah, but, but no, I agree. Also, yeah, the Bengals are a good defense against the run, so I like that. Also, with what you were saying about how they're paying these two wide receivers and Landry and Beckham all this money, it's so weird because they run so many two tight ends, three tight ends, jumbo sets to get the run game going. Um, just a little weird, you know, front office management there by yeah. them. Yeah, but, with, the per- with the personnel that they have, you know. Yeah. But with all that being said, I think this is an overcorrection after the Bengals lose to the Jets. I, I, I think the Bengals are the better team here. They're right now with the personnel they have and the way they're de- they're going to bounce back and play a lot better. Yeah, this is just one of those exact like you said. It's one of those ultimate NFL overreactions. We've seen this now for about four or five weeks in a row, where. Every week this has happened to one team That played really really well And started with the Rams When they beat up Tampa The next week they came back and got crushed by the Cardinals We saw it with the the, the Chargers uh, You know the Ravens crushed them Then the Ravens come back and they get crushed by the Bengals The Bengals come back and they get crushed by the Jets You know they get like beat up by the Jets They, yeah. they lose that game in a game they were heavily favored We've seen it go back and forth And I think this could be another week Where that was the flattest Flat spot in the world for the Bengals coming off that yeah. big win against the uh, the Ravens, I'm with you. I think you search around for the best lines that you can get here on the Bengals side, and and right now it's uh, yeah, it, that's that's a good number to take. And just dropping in some DRF unique data, Cleveland is two and eleven against the spread in road games after the first month of the season, the last three years. So Cleveland isn't that great in the month of November on the road against the spread. I, I like the Bengals. I think Burrow, everyone will bounce back. That defense isn't going to get shredded again, and I, they're they're better than one point better than the Browns. I think they're probably three to five points better than the Browns at this point in the season. Yep, and this and this thing moved. I think from just even the other day, or from in some spots, for that was like it was closer to three, two and a half, and it's and it's continuing to move. So. Um, yeah, you, you're getting the opportunity to even gain a couple points here if you like the Bengals side, and, and you can just probably play that money line there, or just you know take the the one whatever whatever you get the best Bengals yeah. line you can find. A couple of the other uh, interesting games this weekend that maybe a week or two ago or a few weeks ago we wouldn't have thought they were uh, going to be that interesting, but both the Patriots and the Panthers are now four and four, and they both have big shots at sneaking into the playoffs with that extra playoff spot. And when you look around. The the NFC is sort of really top heavy And then the AFC As I said before Everybody in the AFC has at least two losses So now like a 4-4 a four and four Patriots team All of a sudden is right in the mix A 4-4 four and four Panthers team They are right in the mix There's going to be one pretty bad team In the NFC that makes the playoffs Like <laughs> one team that's not very good And depending on what happens with the Saints who knows how they survive or what their quarterback situation is going to be like. They may stagger in because they've got a pretty good start to the year so far. But yeah. there might be a couple very good teams in the NFC and then a couple really bad teams at the bottom of the playoffs that sneak in. Yeah, we might see the Bears sneak in. You know how the yeah. Bears always seem how, seem to sneak in. But that New England-Carolina game, Carolina kind of took it to the, who was it, the Falcons last week. And, and mm-hmm. that was a good Good game. Yep. I think New England, though, will, will come out on top. I like New England minus three and a half here, mainly because we, what we saw Bill Belichick just do to Justin Herbert 
we can't forget that Belichick is still a great defensive mind who is going to make a fantastic game plan. And Sam Darnold's going to be seeing ghosts, ghosts again. And he was banged up last week play, with the yeah. concussion. If it's him, and the, and the thing is, Sam, who has really struggled since McCaffrey went out, he just yeah. doesn't have that safety blanket next to him. You know, the security blanket to just oh, flip the ball to if he needs. I think McCaffrey is is going to come back this weekend. But it, who, if Sam plays, in even if he's if he doesn't play. PJ Walker, unfortunately, you, you if you have him as your quarterback, you have to have an offense that's completely different yeah. because he's not really a, a great thrower of the ball. He came in uh, the other week when Sam got hurt and he went three of fourteen. And so for the people who were ripping <laughs> Sam Darnold, it wasn't like it was uh it wasn't like it, the grass was greener. Yeah, that's either either quarterback that will suit up and play. I think Bill Belichick will have a game plan. Yeah. He's probably not going to sleep this whole week and create two specific game plans for this game. Yep. Um I think he'll just I I think the, the New England with Mac Jones and everything, I think they're kind of finding their stride now and this might be kind of a statement game for them on the road in Charlotte and and kind of win by maybe maybe six a touchdown a touchdown and a half. We have uh, one or two more games I want to talk to you about before we get out of here. Uh, we talk a little bit already about the Packers Chiefs, and that one's at seven and a half. I agree with you. As as soon as it got to a touchdown and then above at seven, as soon as you can get the seven and a half there, that just feels like way too much for a Chiefs team that, yeah, they won last week, but that was a very uninspiring win. Yeah. I mean, you got you, Aaron Rodgers doesn't play defense, you know, like the Packers still have a pretty, pretty serviceable defense. Um, and I trust them to slow down the Chiefs to a point, or at least you know get turnovers. I think the Chiefs recover 37% of their own fumbles, and they have so many interceptions that they're just kind of a turnover machine. We expect it to you know not happen one week, but I think it's going to happen again. And Jordan Love didn't look terrible in the preseason. It was the preseason, I get it, but he didn't look terrible. And I think the Packers probably won't win this game. It's at Arrowhead. That's a tough place to play. Probably won't win this game, but I think they can keep it within seven and a half, almost with ease. That's the number one of the lowest ranked defenses in the league they're going to be playing against. So exactly. while you you still think of Kansas City as Kansas City, that's a very good spot for Jordan Love to come in. Yeah, and, and not against a a difficult defense or one that uh, you know. And they have some playmakers, like we said, they're going to be getting Adams back. They the the backs played really well last week, Dylan. Gives if when he holds on to the ball, if yeah, he's not fumbling, yeah. you know, and and then then he and he can feel you can see that confidence for him because it's just it gives them a really nice second option there, and then obviously with, with what they can do with Jones, so they still have the playmakers and a lot of the the guys I think that can make it make it easy on him. The coaching staff there too. That just that feels like way too many points again for a, for a Chiefs team. Then I, I wouldn't back them. Um, two more games that I think are pretty uh, pretty pivotal uh, for uh, things coming up this weekend: Cardinals, 49ers. So uh, the Cardinals are. This game is pretty tight. They're on the road playing at the 49ers. I think I saw Cardinals as a slight favorite in some spots, yeah. like one one or so. Um, and the 49ers are another one of those teams where, you know, they've had. They've played bad. They've had a few games that they maybe could have won, like the last time they played the Cardinals when Trey Lance was playing. There's that one play that keeps flashing back to my head because I backed the 49ers that day where he had the ball and he had a chance to, to score the touchdown. He just didn't extend over the goal line, and that ended up being the difference in the game. So this Cardinals team lost last week, 
And now they look around and they got to be a little careful because there are a couple other one loss teams and a couple other two loss teams in the NFC right behind them as far as playoff positioning, stuff in the division. Um, they need to continue to win. This has always been sort of a, a an interesting matchup. And the 49ers now, they're not all that far out of it. If they win here, they are right back in the playoff picture. Yeah, this is is a huge game. The NFC West is just a jumble, too. You have the, the Cardinals here, seven and one. I think the Rams have one loss. Yep. Yep. I'm trying to I'm trying to look at the standings yep. in my mind. And then the Seahawks and 49ers are right there, too. And you can't count out either of those teams. But with all that being said, I am leaning Arizona here. San Francisco hasn't been good at home. I think one in seven straight up and against the spread since the start of last season. Uh, So they're not a good home team, really. And I think Arizona bounces back. Arizona's a good team. I don't think this is going to be a Cliff Kingsbury, another meltdown like we saw last season. And the key here, I will say this. Kyler Murray, his ankle, how healthy will he be? The Cardinals saw a Mm -hmm. huge just downshift in momentum last season when Kyler kind of got hurt in the Seattle game. And that's when their season kind of fell apart. Can Kyler, with that injured ankle, will he be able to still pick apart defenses from the pocket? Has he grown as a pocket passer? I think he has enough to take down the San Francisco team, who is kind of lackadaisical on offense when it comes off a game script. And now the uh, the Titans, who are going to be playing without Derrick Henry this week, and they're going to be playing against a Rams team. And the Titans, again, just a few weeks ago, they're losing to the Jets, you know. And then it's like, yeah, <laughs> this team isn't very good. And wow, did they, you know, the Colts have an opportunity. And that game last week for them was really, really big. Coming back from down early for for whatever reason, the Colts probably should have won that game, but uh, they. They yeah. find a way to they found a way to win. They now have uh that was a huge win for them because now they have the tiebreaker over the Colts by beating them twice so far this year. So it's the Colts have to actually finish in front of them to win the division, which is going to be really, really difficult. I think even without Derrick Henry, this team doesn't have to win a whole lot of games to still make the playoffs. What do you think about them in a situation like this where they're gonna play a tough Rams team? Did you see the is it around seven and a half? It's around seven and a half, eight right now on drf.com slash sports is the line they're showing. Um, but you can probably get it at seven and a half in some spots. Tennessee still has Julio Jones and AJ Brown, you know, like Tannehill can still throw it and play action. I mean, everything has shown that even when you don't have Derrick Henry in the backfield, play action is still going to work. Yep. And they're one of the the heaviest teams when it comes to using play action. I Granted, I, I don't know if I like them. I got, the Rams are a scary team. Yeah. Eight, eight is a lot of points. Seven and a half is a lot of points. Can they keep it within a touchdown? Probably. Um, maybe I'm kind of reacting to the Rams just absolutely obliterating the Texans last week, but somehow not covering, um, which was weird. But yeah, I think I think the Titans, this might be a letdown game. Um you lose someone like Derrick Henry, you know, maybe you just maybe it takes you a week or two to sort of figure exactly. out how you're going to you're going to approach it. But I, I agree with you overall. I don't think especially you look at the the lay of the land in their division, the there there are two bottom feeders and then you've got the Colts who, you know, they look good some weeks. They've looked a lot better in the last month, month and a half, but that that game last week really really hurt their chances to try to get back in the mix. And if this game continue to float which which can happen a lot of times where it is right now seven and a half eight that thing could kind of quickly get to ten in the next couple of days because people may see no Derrick Henry they may think yeah. and if that if that got close there that's where I would jump in 
exactly. this thing if it got to double digits that would absolutely be my my dive in number because then there's just so many opportunities for a backdoor with a, a team that at least has some really good passing weapons. So if they did have to for, uh, focus on passing the ball, and they were down 14 late, and you had the opportunity to to you know to cover easily with a with a back late like a late garbage time touchdown. I'd probably need a little more than where they are, but we see these numbers right before game time. Sometimes they shoot all the way up when people just start pounding the chalk. Yeah, exactly. I. I yeah right now I think the Rams can win by seven and a half eight, but if it gets up to ten, the public is riding hard with the Rams though, which makes me kind of like the Titans a little bit more. Seventy seven percent of the public is on the Rams against the spread, so yeah. maybe I kind of like the Titans there. But yeah, I would definitely wait until more more weekend, maybe even Sunday morning, because or even Sunday, you know, at four p.m. because this is the late game on Sunday. Just wait it out, see where that line goes. If it goes any. Any smaller than stay away But if it gets up to 10 Which like you said with Henry out Julio Jones is a questionable player Every week because he might somehow injure His ankle or something <laughs> always, always, So yeah. it could easily easily flip um, And get up a little higher And in that case I do like the Titans They're not a bad team They're 6-2 no. and, and they're sitting here a si- It's hardly ever though you see a team that's an 8 point dog When they're as good as the Titans yeah, and, and they have the the kind of weapons. Uh, sometimes Rabel will do some weird things, but I still think overall he's an above average and a pretty good coach too. So I'm sure he'll have uh, he'll have a plan, and he'll, he's not going to go out there unprepared. Yeah. It's not as if this the injury happened mid game, and now all of a sudden their game plan is just thrown out the window, and they were going to pl- try to run the ball hard. They've had enough time now to try to figure some things out, and so yeah, I. I'm just never someone, honestly, the way, and I think uh, 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 some of us who want to consider ourselves good gamblers, I just, I very rarely am laying big, big spreads. Yeah. You know, anything like over it, it, it'd have to be in a, a similar, a particular situation where my numbers were just, it was a big spread, but I, st- I my number would have been way higher still, you know. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, uh, I just look for other games to play, and or I look to play the other side. This might be a good one to monitor. Uh, Jack. This was awesome, man. You and I, I think could sit here uh, all day long and talk about uh, everything happening in the NFL. I really appreciate you taking a, a few minutes out of your time again, and I think you're going to join me coming up uh, with some of the uh, the Better Than Vegas live streams that we do. We're going to be previewing, uh, we preview the games on the Thursday before Thursday nights, before Monday nights, and before uh, Sunday in the morning. We go through the full slate. So you uh, open invitation any of those times that you uh, that you can hop on with us. Uh, we'd love to have you because. Uh, uh, yeah, you you have a very uh, a great football mind, and uh, I'd love to uh, to talk more with you and uh, and see what uh, what's going on with DRF Sports. Yeah, I appreciate it. Look forward to those, and it's always a great time. And hopefully, a couple of these that we talked about will hit. Let's hope all of them hit. Yeah, absolutely. We, we got to be greedy, right? We go in greedy, <laughs> and then when they start, then we, then we can be okay. We, let's just end up positive. We want to be on the right side week 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 in week out, and then we'll uh, and then we'll move along. Um, Jack Fitzpatrick. From DRF Sports uh, Hopping on again with me here on That's What G Said Thank you so much Jack, I look forward to talking to you again Real soon, thank you, talk soon Folks do not go anywhere, plenty More to discuss on this episode of That's What G Said Big thank you to Jack for helping us out again And uh, we'll have Jack back on here uh, More to talk some football, talk other sports As he was saying, he's a he's a big fan Of some of the mid-major sports So now we're getting into the NCAA basketball season That's where we can really gain an advantage So love to pick his brain on uh, Some of those games as we start getting deeper into the season We can kind of preview some of the, the Weekend matchups coming up a, a couple days before And uh, Jack will hopefully be joining us For some of those live streams over 
uh, on BTV Bets when you check them out before the uh, the NFL games. So we will move along and uh, get to our NFL Week 9 games with Eric Etoff. 2-1 Sports joins us again for a deep dive into everything happening in uh, NFL Week 9. Now, we don't get into the Thursday night game we were recording when that happened. The Jets tried to come back and cover late, but they were Mike White, their quarterback, who was filling in, who actually looked pretty competent in the win against the Bengals and looked pretty good to start the game. And then he gets hurt. Josh Johnson come in. He came in. He didn't look bad, but they just got down early and they had an opportunity for the late backdoor cover, but but couldn't do so. Uh, the Colts get the win and they cover that game. We're going to get into all of the NFL games in just a minute. Before we do, I'm going to let you know about sarahcandles.com, C-E-R-A candles.com, all natural soy wax candles. None of those toxins, none of those carcinogens, none of those pollutants that are found in a lot of the other leading candle brands. You want to get to sarahcandles.com, C-E-R-A candles.com. Use that promo code Gino. It'll get you 10% off your purchase there. If you know anyone that is into candles, if you yourself loves to burn candles, check these out. They're healthier for you. They're better for you because of that soy wax. It's actually going to burn longer, give you a better, fuller burn which means it's going to be a little more affordable for you in the long run. You're not going to have to purchase as many candles here and there. Local, small business, they do it the right way. Hands-on with all of these. SarahCandles.com, C-E-R-A, Candles.com. Promo code G-I-N-O. Gets you 10% off your purchase. So you want to set the mood. You're looking for something all natural. Soy wax. Non-toxic, baby. Since for every season. Now don't be afraid, baby. Just spell it out. C-E-R-A-Candles.com And don't forget, promo code Gino gets you 10% off. Mm-hmm. Oh, one more thing. I just wanted to let you know before this conversation with Eric, we like normally I don't mind cussing a little here and there, but I try to keep it as clean as possible because I never know if people are listening when they have the kids around or the kids in the car. Maybe because it was the end of the week and I'm probably a little loosey goosey right now because I'm pretty tired and I haven't slept much at all. We did drop a few more uh, curse words than normal in this segment. So just a little bit of a heads up, nothing crazy, but we, we got a little more passionate with a, an F-bomb here or two uh, than uh, more than normal. So in future times, I, I generally won't. Uh, I, I don't I don't mind it. It's not like I, I can bothers me if people do but for me I just want to make sure that if other people are listening and they do have kids or other family around then it doesn't seem like you know it's a not all that unprofessional or just people dropping dropping bombs for no reason if, if the if the words matter right you make your you make your curse words matter when you say them but <laughs> we just wanted to give everybody a heads up here so you might get a couple uh, a couple f-bombs flying around when we were uh, talking about things that we were upset with from uh, previous weeks of NFL uh, enjoy as we go through everything happening on the week nine slate we are recording this on Thursday night November the 4th and can you believe we are Already into week nine of the NFL season. The Thursday night football game is underway right now. It's about halftime as Eric and I begin to record our uh, our week nine conversation. We're going to go game by game with everything happening on Sunday and on Monday. Uh, but Eric, before we do, um, we don't usually like just kind of have like a news segment portion at the very beginning. But we kind of talk about everything in each game as it comes along. But damn, since the last time 
we talked one week ago. We've got Aaron Rodgers out. Who the hell knows what's up with his vaccination status? He's immunized, but not vaccinated. He was kind of being cute with words. There was not a ton of trades that really happened. One of them that did, Von Miller got traded, kind of weird because the the Broncos are actually still sort of in the playoff picture, but the the Rams get a little stronger there on their D. Odell Beckham Jr. isn't even with the team right now with the Browns. The Saints are are going to be without Jameis and Michael Thomas for the rest of the year, most likely. Henry Ruggs, that is not a situation that I can even comprehend right now. What happened with him is like sad, is horrifying. The, what what he did, the situation, and and everybody that was involved and that were was a victim of that. I just I can't even really comprehend that 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 even just happened. It doesn't even feel re- real. And and you got Derrick Henry who doesn't ever get hurt. He's out for probably the year. Calvin Ridley was a major major. Player for many people this year in fantasy drafts. I mean, he was a top two to three round pick at the latest in most spots. He was a wide receiver one for a lot of people. He's gone and great for him because he recognized that he has some mental health issues. And right now, being on the football field is not the right place for him to be. I applaud him for doing that, man. If you're not in the right headspace in football, you go, you get really hurt and and things could go bad. Uh, I mean, all of the AFC right now. They have at least two losses. So even some of these teams that are getting to like four losses, they're not all that far out of like top contention. The Arizona Cardinals lost. So no more undefeated teams. And Eric, for guys like you and me, we finally got a big underdog to win. You actually called that exactly on the, we both like that game, but I think your exact words were, I think the Jets are going to be the first really big underdog to win outright. And they did last week. So holy crap, man, the news cycle in the NFL. I mean, it's just a crazy week, man. Um, where do you, where do you want me to start? Cause I have, I have, I have tidbits on everything. Just wherever, wherever the things that jump out, to you, is, check them off. Like, what did it say? <laughs> Henry, here's the thing. Like guy's a freak. And with how much the Titans used him, like, he was eventually going to, this was eventually going to happen. You can't ride a guy, no matter how jacked and how physically gifted you are and not expect that to happen. This guy was on pace for like three, 400 touch seasons in a row. That's just not possible. Even with how like built and how much he works out is. So, I mean, is it, is it sad that he's done? Yeah. But like, you could see that. I kind of see it coming. I was cringing over the last few months. I hate, because you and I, I think we feel similarly like in this way. I, as a gambler, have seen so much crazy weird stuff that that has happened. And it's stuff that you wouldn't have been paying attention to unless you were gambling on games and invested in them. You know, like as a fan, if you're just paying attention to your teams or maybe to one sport or and you're not knowing what the lines are and this and that and how weird things happen. Man, crazy stuff can happen in any sport, oh. in any game, in any time. I never ever count a game as a winner until like this team is up four scores with five seconds left to go. Like I never do that anyway. Cause I, I know I've done it I, so many freaking times where it's like, I'm good. I've got it. Oh shit. Like immediately, like as soon I try not to ever do that. I try not to jump one way or the other. I tried. And, and I've seen so many people this year that were saying things like, man, Derrick Henry is just never going to get hurt. And, you know, you got Derrick Henry on that team and he doesn't get hurt. And every time I would hear somebody say that, I would like kind of cringe. There'd be like a little like twinge in the back of my neck. And it's like, 
oh, don't say that. Just don't like, don't speak in such absolutes. Say something like, what's nice about Tennessee is that they got someone like Derrick Henry, who, you know, he has showed that he's a very durable back and he hasn't had a lot of injury. Don't say Derrick Henry won't get hurt. It's like, as soon as you say that, the sports gods or the gambling gods or the football gods or whoever those gods are, it's like they hear you and they're like, nah, just want to keep you in check uh, and just kind of smack you back on the top of your head. It's just one of those things, man. You know what I mean? It's like, there's no certainty in sports. And I'll be the first. Like, I was sitting here, what day was it? Tuesday, one day, whenever. Celtics were up by, like, 17 points entering the fourth quarter. They only scored nine points and they lost. There's nothing guaranteed. Stuff can flip. Just absolutely crazy. So, I mean, it's tragic that Henry got hurt. Um, in terms of the trading deadline, I have I was reading some stuff. And I was doing – I was working on this big thing for last year before the draft, but I kind of got distracted because I was in the middle of moving and I never really got a chance to finish it. But I have come to the conclusion that the only team in the NFL that truly gets it is your Rams. And I'll tell you why. Like through what I found, my research, 31% of players drafted in the NFL actually make a meaningful contribution to a team. Okay. So that means basically seven and 10 picks your team's missing on. And the fact that these, teams just hold on to these picks instead of trading them for players that have actually proven that they're an NFL caliber caliber player like blows my mind your Rams are in it to win it they got Von Miller improve their defense I totally respect them for doing it because nothing they're going to get in the net in next year's draft where they basically have no picks is going to help them win a championship you know what I'm saying they're getting assets that are going to help them absolutely the fact that the Saints didn't trade whatever pick Oh, like hypothetical Broncos. Broncos sold off Von Miller. That that tells me they're selling off everything. Did they call about Teddy Bridgewater to offer like a fifth round pick? Did they call the Texans to try to get Tyrod Taylor? I was gonna say, the and the Texans that- are the team that, if you're them, why are you not like we know Brandon Cooks was upset the other day. There's a there's some pieces that they have. We kind of talked about this at the beginning of the season. We thought that early in the year, some of those Texans veterans might actually kind of be auditioning. Right. To go yeah, like, like showing other teams. Hey, look, we're OK. You know, t- bring us in later on this year. If you're the Texans, why don't you get any picks for some of those guys? Anything. Just a fifth, sixth, I'm, fourth. Anything at all for them is better than nothing. Saints right? have Saints have a defense that can win a championship. They're not winning a championship with Taysom Hill, at least with Tyrod Taylor, with what they have with like Kamara, Mark Ingram, uh, Traquan Smith, the young tight end. They that. They, they could mess around and do something, but not with Tyson Hill. They could do something with Bridgewater. The Titans funnel so much stuff through the run game, and which sets up the play action, which makes A.J. Green effective. That's gone. I mean, if you trade for Mack, trade for Wayne Gelman, trade for, I, I don't know, spacing on whatever other running back is on the market. You know what I mean? Like, at least have something. But you can't replace Henry, but anything is better than Nichols. That just – Trade deadline was just brutal. Um, just really, I just really think the Rams are the only team that gets it. Um, they know what they're doing, of, right? They, they, yeah. and they've they've done a really good job of. It's been they they really only had the one kind of down year in this last sort of five years. They've been pretty good because you sort of feel like, oh, okay, well, you know, just a couple of years ago they had huge contracts that were dished out to Gurley and to Goff, and they were yeah. able to flip both of them. Yeah, and and I mean, still they, be super competitive. I mean, honestly, for I'm a Rams fan and stuff, but I'm not like 
I hate when people say Homer stuff. You're a Lions fan. Like, we will bet for and against our teams anytime that we think it's a spot that's bad for them. I love the Lakers. I love the Dodgers. I'll be very realistic with them. Um, this Rams team is is as good as any team in the league right now. Like, they're in the top yeah. group of any whatever tier you want them to be. Whoever you think the best teams are, two, three, five, whatever, like, the Rams are in that group. And it is pretty crazy to think that they're doing that without – Goff and Gurley, a couple guys that a few years ago you, you figured were going to be part of their teams Moving forward, but they do a really good job They just say, hey, we're not going to Take the chance, we know that that guy Can help us right now So let's go get him, and we'll worry about next year Next year Exactly, and like, my stat like I said a guy was three years in the NFL It could be three years on special teams That the team drafted, you know what I mean So it's not like a world beater player. It's just, hey, this guy was on the team for three years that drafted it. And it was just mind boggling how many picks, and this is like overall picks, not first round picks, just don't make it on the team that originally drafted them. I mean, so, and the fact that they, everyone holds like a fourth round pick in such high regards to a guy that realistically, there's a 70% chance he's not going to make your team is just mind boggling to me. Um, the rugs thing is tragic. Um, you know, I just, I can't wreck. I can't wrap my head around that at all because a, the Raiders have a team service that if they'll come pick you up, if like you're too drunk or too high on whatever to drive. Um, and a lot of people don't know this. The NFL has a service where it's like, Hey, anytime, anywhere, call this number and we'll come and we'll take care of you. And to have those options along with the lift, the taxis, the Ubers, and for him to get behind the reel and for that to happen is just absolutely mind-boggling to me. I can't wrap my head around it at all, like the same boat you are. Um, Aaron Rodgers, um, Kyrie's catching a lot of shit. Aaron Rodgers should be catching just as much shit because he's basically, he didn't really lie, but he didn't really like present the truth in the rightful matter. And um, if I was in the locker room and he would, I would be a little upset with him. I agree. So, and and yeah. I don't and here's the thing, this is a totally different conversation than like however you feel about the vax one way or the other, it's it's different than you know, than like he 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 was playing it real like like sneaky, you know. He was it was obvious what he was doing with his word with the word games that he was playing. And I think that's what has kind of frustrated a lot of people. Cause you know, you got someone like Kyrie who, you know what, you and I look at Kyrie and we roll our eyes a, a whole hell of a lot, and I think that like I think he's absolutely dead wrong with what he's saying here, but you you kind of feel like he stood up and shouted it, and you feel like he like genuinely believes the stuff that he's saying, even though I think sometimes he's misinformed. Uh, like this felt way different. This was like, oh, dude, that was kind of sneaky, you know? Yeah, like, he let him. Was... And I look at it like this: like one of my best friends in the world, like he's he elected not to get vaccinated, and that's. I, hey, that's his body, his choice. I'm I'm fully vaxxed. You know, that was my choice. But we're still like, you know, like we're still like good friends. We're still best friends. You know what I mean? Like, just be upfront with the person. Just tell them. Like, if you didn't get vaxxed, dude, that's your choice. But you got to like tell that team what's going on. Because those are the guys you're going to war with. That's the offensive line that's going to have your pack. That's the defense that's going to be fighting for you. Like, it just, yeah, it, it, that's, that's, that upset me a little bit because of the Deceiving that he was doing to his teammates So uh, Continuing on with a couple of the other things Okay Odell what's So like what do you what do you do with Odell Because it, there, there are definitely Some problems with the Browns like we are high on the Browns Coming into this year and they are By a lot of metrics and stuff They're still number six overall in DVOA 
They're four and four, but they are number six in DVOA. They're ranked higher in DVOA than the Saints, than the Ravens, than you know some other teams that have had good seasons so far. Than the Packers, who are seven and one. Um, the you know the um, I, I don't know because I don't think Cleveland is without some fault here, right? I think they probably could have done things a little bit better with with Odell. They probably could have Stefanski probably could could have you know, been maybe a little bit more creative with ways they try to get him the ball. Baker isn't the greatest quarterback in the league. I'm higher on Baker than most, but I would never tell you that Baker is like the number one best. So he's not perfect. He's gonna miss guys. We talked about how last year Baker may have something weird mentally about this because it was almost like last year he would try so hard to get it to Odell, and then Odell got hurt. And and then when he wasn't around, Baker seemed a lot more relaxed and comfortable and played a lot better football. And the fact Baker is banged up right now and, and and hurt. So he's, you know, maybe an average to above average quarterback. And then you throw on the fact that he's hurt. Um, so there are a lot of little things that kind of all add up to this. What do you think about this Odell situation? I mean, it's just a as a coach, like I deal with kids. I deal with kids' parents way more than like anyone can comprehend. And the fact that uh, how, how is Odell thirty yet? There's a thirty year old man's dad putting videos on Twitter is just fucking mind boggling to me. Like, I mean, I deal with like eighteen to like ten and under parents. Like, like that's the age range I mainly deal with. And like his dad's putting out videos, LeBron saying free Odell. Like, when was the last time Odell was actually relevant? You know what I mean? The Giants days. Like, he really hasn't done. Anything, anything. And you know what I mean? Like he's just like if your NFL has changed, like you're can't really win if your wide receiver is like quote unquote like your big guy. You know what I mean? Like the man. Like that's not how the NFL is right now. How it was when like Jerry Rice and Steve Largent like way back in the day. Um, yeah, I really don't think like my perception of the Browns doesn't really change if Odell's there or, or Odell's not there. You know? And it yeah, me neither. If, you know, because. So. It's actually when you when you start to think about it from that perspective, you know, they're paying Odell and Landry a lot of money to be a strength for them. The the wide receiver core bringing those guys in, that was supposed to be a huge help for Baker. It was supposed to make Baker's life easier. He's not the type of guy right now that's supposed to be carrying you. He's not on that kind of a contract where he's supposed to be carrying you. You need your playmakers to do that to go and make things easier for him because on paper with that, with the backfield, with those receivers, with some of the things they went out and did in the offseason to strengthen their squad, you know, they are a very good team on paper. The problem is we all penciled in their wide receiver group to be not even the top five, but maybe like in the like seventh through 15th best, like an above average group of wide receivers. The problem is they've given them nothing this year. Nothing. Yeah. Like they, they've gotten zero from them. And and so it was you know we liked we debate about Baker back and forth and that there's plenty to debate about him. Some games he doesn't look nearly as great as you'd want a franchise quarterback to look. But when you start th- like digging into their team, okay, they're four and four. They have three games that they not even could have won, should have won, and and be seven and one right now. Even with all of those injuries, I know it's not that simple. But there are a lot of other teams that you look at that just have games where they were never in it. And you don't look at their team and even 
Think they have the upside It's kind of it's a little bit frustrating with the Browns Too as someone who liked them coming In because it's sort of like it's probably Like a kid that you that you've coached Eric you know and I can I can remember the situation When I coached where it's like Damn this kid is so like really Talented and kind of has it all But for some reason they either Don't want to work hard enough they don't want to Practice they're maybe a little bit stubborn Or there's some there's like something And that's kind of where it is with the Browns Like I think they are the type of team that when they're healthy, they are absolutely good enough to beat any team in the league, especially this year when nobody's that dominant. Because with their back, if they if their backfield was playing and their line was good, and hell, even if Odell's gone and you just have Landry and a couple of those tight end weapons, they are capable of beating anyone. It's it's just frustrating when they lose the close games repeatedly because there's only that can only happen. A couple times before we start To think that it's a little more Than a coincidence you know Like My issue with the Browns has nothing to do with Odell like and you hit on the head It's the health like the offensive line which is Their strength there's been some injuries namely Jake Jake, sorry Conklin and uh, We're on on the outside of the tackles that's Been their issues with the offense and everything so You know I really I think Odell is kind of throwing a fit you know, I think he perceives himself that he's a top five player in the league. He just hasn't kind of realized, hey, you know, my that's not how the NFL is played. You know, I'm just a guy now. And that's hard for players to realize. We uh, we get over to the Saints. So we weren't very high on this team coming into the year. You did a great uh, job in calling out their spot last week and that it was a good one. And now... They've put themselves in a really great position in the NFC because what we're seeing in both leagues now... There's definitely going to be a bad team in the NFC that makes the playoffs this year Because right now, it's like Carolina, the Vikings, the Falcons were all in that range The Bears, like it's one of those teams is going to sneak in And maybe the 49ers if they can string together a couple wins And so the Saints, like where they are right now They're kind of in a situation that's sort of similar to the Titans Where they just have to find a way to win to string like two or three more wins together, and that's probably enough for them. Like they just have to not crater. They might be a team that could be interesting to play against down the stretch, or I don't know. I want to watch a game or two maybe from Simeon and sort of see how they're going to do things. Is is it going to be a lot more hill? Do they go end up trying to to bring someone else in? You know, there have been Philip Rivers rumors. Drew Brees kind of shot down well, coming why back. Why didn't they trade for Trubisky? You know what I mean? There's yeah. all these guys they could have just traded for, and like, just makes zero sense to me. Like, dude, yeah, I'd love, like, I'd love to have loved like a Minshew over there. I don't think if Philly oh, would have sure. done it, he. But like, he he'd be great. They've got a really good defense, and the guy can move around a little bit too. You know, he can pick up some first downs with his legs, and I, like, there are a couple options that I would have looked at. But like you said, I don't know why so many of these teams. Why is it like that in the NFL? At least in the NBA and in baseball. Like I'm a Dodgers and Lakers fan Every freaking year They take a few shots on Some buyouts or some trades With some of times you're scratching Your head but afterwards you're like Yeah you know at least they tried sometimes they Things don't work out but you like So many of these teams did nothing It's the lackluster I mean like what was the there was like the Miller one um, There was a trade with the Chiefs get an offensive Lineman and the Eagles got a secondary piece. That was it. I mean, the trade deadline was embarrassing. It was absolutely embarrassing. 
Okay, so uh, let's jump into our uh, our game previews, and we'll uh, we'll kind of hit on everything else that's been happening in the league as we get team by team and in uh, game by game. So, Eric, let's uh, let's start out, and we get over to Sunday. So we jump in with the great game right off the bat, right? <laughs> great game. Uh, two of the best teams in football here. We've got the uh, the Tua. Deshaun Watson trade rumors bowl with the Texans versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a five and a half point favorite over under in this game is 46 and a half. Did we just find out that Tyrod Taylor is going to play? Yeah, it was announced this morning. I am super duper pissed at myself because this opened up at seven. I, as soon as I got a notification on my phone, I locked it in at six and I locked in the money line at plus two forty five. Um same thing at six. And I was like I was mad at my but it was the thing we talked about earlier in the week too. It it was it would have been really hard. Like if you were someone that sniffed it out and thought that I'm gonna play this right now at seven because you know what? If Taylor's back, I'd rather have that number because it might go down a little bit, then honestly, that's a great call because those are the kind of things that you and I try to do. A lot of the time, you know, get a little bit ahead of things like that. But I didn't I wouldn't have wanted to be locked in again if it was going to be Mills. I just I've, and I've he, been down that road before now a couple times and it it just it wasn't fun. It's not a, it's not a good road to be down. No, no, <laughs> it's, not, no. it's not a good road at all. to be down. And <laughs> here's the thing, like the Texans have their buy next week. This just shows how the difference between good ran organizations and poorly ran. organizations. Why do you play him? The if Texans you're gonna... have, I know, a buy next week. So like. That was my main thing. I was like, oh, you know, he's, he's not going to IR. Get three you know, more weeks week, of rest, basically, yeah, by just missing that one game. <laughs> and it just didn't make any sense. And I just said, oh, he won't do it. And then, sure enough, like this, like, I like to run in the morning. I'm out running, freezing ass cold Chicago. I get an alert. Oh, Tyrod Taylor to start, you know. And by that time, I'd moved to six and 245. I locked it in there because I still think there's value at the number. I agree. I mean, sick. who. Who are the Dolphins to be laying this many points? You know what I mean? It's like they haven't done anything. Tua is like saying like he doesn't feel wanted there. Um, he had a couple good games in a row. Didn't really look that great against the Bills. Granted, the Bills on defense is is one of the better ones in the league, but he didn't look you know like like that great. Offensive line can't protect. Um, there's rumors going around that Flores has lost the locker room. Like, there's just no reason that a team this bad should be laying this many points. And let's not forget, they're a fumble away from being 0-7 tied with the Lions for the worst record in the league. If New England, I think it was Harris, doesn't fumble that ball, they lose that game. And they don't have one win on the season. So, I have a rule, two shitty teams play, always take the points, and that's yes, what I'm doing here. Th- this should be three and a half. Yeah. Or four. Like, Miami should be slightly... Graded if you're if you're just doing this based on like power rankings and stuff, they would be just ahead of Houston and not by much, not by the 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 point where it should be this many points. And so I think it'll probably end up evening or getting a little closer. The the you know the, the numbers moving in the direction and it's going to get shorter and shorter. So if you if you didn't and jump in Texans now and you like good. that, try to do it. But yeah, the go Texans ahead. Texans look good. They look good when Tyrod is there. They look. They good did. Week one, Super was First half before he got hurt in the in the Browns game, you know, I think like they were winning or is like within a, a field goal when he got hurt. So yeah, he's he's looking good and just thinking about it and talking about it more just blows my mind. Why didn't like the Saints make a play for him? Just I know mind boggling. 
Yeah, he um what what's really nice about him from a betting as a from a betting on him as an underdog perspective, he does all of the things that you want that that go right to your game script. He's going to help run the ball, he's going to help move the clock, and he's not going to try to do too many stupid things. He's not going to try to force the ball all the way down the field. But you know what? He's actually a little more capable of making a throw than I think he's given credit for sometimes. He just is a pretty he's a very good backup quarterback. You know, a really good backup quarterback, the type of guy who you don't mind coming in if you're in a situation. I think people forget how well he did in situations when he started, you know, with the Bills even. And in situations where he's always kind of overachieved. So I agree with you when he's when he's a dog in a spot, he's the type he's the type of player who, yeah, I wouldn't want him to be like laying points with. I wouldn't want to be like him be like a touchdown favorite in that situation, but as an underdog, knowing that he's the type of guy who can pick up a first down or two with his legs, who can move around. Um yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on that side too. I locked it in at 6. I wouldn't want to go much lo- lower than like it getting into the like four and a half, four range. And and not even that I don't think that that the Texans can't win the game or be competitive. It's just from a betting standpoint, it's never smart to to jump in so late when you had the opportunity to get better value earlier on, you're just going to get, you're going to get hurt in the long run when you play that way. Yeah. You want to try to get the best number. And Hey, sometimes it bites you in the ass. Like I had the Vikings yeah. plus two and a half last and, week. And last week it happened the, for us with the Packers. Minus three and, you know, with the Packers, we like, had it and we were on the wrong side, but it still worked out for us. We jumped yeah. in with the Packers last week at three, three and a half against Arizona early in the week. That number floated up to six, six and a half after everybody got hurt. But hell, it didn't matter. So sometimes you can still be right, even though you got the wrong number. But you want to make sure you're tr- always trying to get the best of the number. Like it, if it happens on accident, that's one thing. Don't knowingly go play bad numbers over and over and over. You're going to get yourself into some trouble. And with the way the live market is, like, that's something you can easily correct. Like, hypothetically, like, the Dolphins get a really field goal. You're going to be able to get a live number. So if you miss it, you just got to be patient and wait. And that's, like, the hardest thing to do as a gambler. If there's something that you liked specifically, if you you thought that for a particular, like, if something... There, if there was something in your handicap going into the game too, more than just like, oh, I don't like this spot, which is fine. Sometimes it's just a spot play or it's just a particular number. But if you were actually looking at the teams and games and handicapping something, find a prop to play into that. Find a way to play a player prop or a team prop or, or something to where you won't be on the bad side of the line and you can still use your angles and use some of the the, the reasoning for why you like that game or, or that spot. Nowadays, you don't have to be forced to just play one side or the other in bad numbers. There's just too much shit out there to play. There's too many ways to play to 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 like keep taking bad numbers, bad takeout, bad sites that you know give you really juiced up lines. It just you know, look around, you know, it's the NFL market is so competitive or like, as it is, you're never going to be able to survive. If you're getting bad numbers, if you're playing bad juiced up sites, you got to give yourself at least an opportunity to, uh, to, to, you know, to make a little cash. Um, let's go to Broncos Cowboys. So do we know exactly yet with Dak? He's been practicing, you know, okay. how the line is moved. It kind of indicates that he's gonna that's going to be Dak. Right. I mean, it's I 10. Mean, I, would, I wouldn't think it would be 10 without Dak. I mean, but this is just another example of like, you know, certain franchises are run, are ran really good. Others, not so much. I mean, you have an AFC team coming in the Broncos that really isn't that good. And then 
You know what I mean? Why not rest him one more week? You won with Cooper Rush the week before. Like, why rush him back? Which, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, to me, I agree with you. Doesn't make sense. You're banged up on the offensive line. Even though Von Miller is not going to be there, Denver is pretty good at creating pressure. So if Mm -hmm. that gets one more hit, that could be your season, man. And like, this Cowboys team is way better, way overachieving than I thought they would be. You'd hate for it to lose it because of a Prescott injury. That. Game last week It's almost like that bought you another Game mm-hmm. right By winning that game you it, it gave, like If they lose that game last Week then I could sort of understand If they wanted to yeah we'll, we'll try to Maybe rush him back a little bit more but honestly Think about the offseason and the year that He had coming into the year we were all really Nervous about multiple things for Dak multiple injuries yeah. That then the shoulder was all was tight coming in. We were all nervous, and he's been incredible. And they've been really good. Like I, I agree with you when we've talked a lot about how there's some numbers on their defense that feel like they're not going to hold up as well as they've been so far. Some things that might be a little unsustained, like hard to sustain. They're not. They've been getting a little bit turnover lucky and just some kind of fluky things that have happened. But even even with that, they're still better than I thought they were going to be. I don't think they're like an incredible defense, but I, they were a gar- they were a dumpster fire last year. They were a we were so worried about their defense coming into this year again. So if anything happened to Dak, you're just done. You're absolutely yep. done. You look around in the division, you have nobody to worry about in your division it, at all. Nothing at all to worry about with that division at like why are you trying to push it? Do you are you so worried about that number 1 seed? Like I don't I, why? Like Worry about your division Dak, you can go on the road And compete with any of these teams if you had to And you know that You're not going to be able to compete with any of these teams If you're having to start Cooper Cooper Rush in a playoff Game or in some meaningful games Not at all, and which is Which is like, like I said The difference between good 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 ran franchise and and Poorly ran franchises I just hope he doesn't get hurt, like I said Banged up offensive line um, they got some injuries and some in the defense too. Diggs isn't a hundred percent. But you kind of hit in the head, like you know, you you're in a position to at least host a playoff game. You may not get the one seed, which is fine, you know. But you're in a position to win it right now because, like, you went to Tampa Bay the first game of this year, and you went toe to toe with those guys, and you're a field goal away from actually, you know, winning the game. So to lose a key piece like that's just like doesn't make sense. Um, in terms of the game, uh, like I said, Cowboys are banged up a little bit in the uh, in the secondary. Um, and this Broncos team, it's really deceptive how many weapons that they actually have. Noah Fant went down, but they got Albert O, a tight end from Missouri, that is just coming back from injury. You know, Jerry Judy's back, Sutton's back, and then Tim Patrick is like probably playing the best out of any of them. He gets the less publicity. Um, I was looking at the numbers, and this is the reason why I back the Broncos in this spot. Teddy Bridgewater on the road is 82% against the spread. While getting seven or more points on the road, he is 88% against the spread. And while getting eight points or more, I mean, it's a small sample size. It's only four games, but he's 100% against the spread. To me, 10 is just too much with a comparable quarterback as Teddy. Yep. He's not going to turn the ball over. He's going to get it to his playmakers. And another thing is Dallas is 7-0 against the spread. Like, it's like a couple teams have gone 8-0 to start the season. But 
that trend is going to start to get back. And I think this is the week. I think this is like a seven, six point win for Dallas. So that's why I took the Broncos plus the 10. I agree. 10 is the number where, where I jumped in also. It's just another factor too. You you were kind of hitting on it with how Dallas is run and maybe they're not, you know, like a well-oiled machine all that much anymore. This is way too many points for a coach. I don't think is that great, right? It's There's always one or two things that McCarthy screws up throughout a game. It's like a decision that he sh- he should have done this or that was weird or I don't like what he did there. And so, you know, when they're, they're a really talented football team, so when they're in situations when they're playing against other good teams, when the lines are close to even or they're an un- underdog, sometimes the talent will weigh out. But when one or two of those decisions, maybe the difference between you winning by 14 and you winning by seven and the difference between you covering, you know, I build that in a lot of times with bad coaches. It's sort of how I feel with Cliff Kingsbury in Arizona. A lot of the times, I don't like have being in a spot where they're laying a big number. They're fine when they're a feisty dog or in a situation where you know they feel like they're pretty evenly matched with another team. But when they're well, like a much better than another than someone else, I I generally stay away. I kind of feel that same way with Dallas and McCarthy. We're both on the Broncos here. Did you, oh yeah, for sure. Did you see the Peyton? Was it the Manning cast, which BTW, whoever came up with that, fucking genius. Like, listen, oh, I could so listen good. to those guys Me too. talk forever. And, um, like, it was the end of the first half in the Philly game, and Peyton was losing his shit. Absolutely losing his shit at McCarthy's time management skills. It was, like, he, hilarious to watch. He went nuts last week with one of the kickers missed. It's like, no, don't, dude, don't miss that one. Oh, my God. It's food. So great because they don't, you know, they they react how you'd want, like how we as fans want them to react. You know, he's not in there going, oh, like being very like politically correct and on TV. You know, I'm gonna act this way. He'll he'll, oh no, what a bad call, what a bad play, which is great. He's not gonna like rip anyone horribly, but that that is that is just great. It it, it was hilarious because like one of my friends texted me. He goes. You know what it's like to watch, like watching this. He's like, when we try to watch a game with you, it's like you just focus on football. You don't talk, and he's like, you're exactly like Peyton Manning because like those guys are trying to have a conversation. He's trying to talk about the play. I'll be honest, that's what I do when I watch a game. Like, like my friends will try to be talking, and I'm like talking like shouldn't have this, shouldn't have that. Like I'm, I the only the only it's funny. I almost never go anywhere and watch games and stuff. The only time I do is if it's a um like a big game for a team I'm a fan of and I kind of like to be around. So, sometimes it's cool to be around a bunch of, you know, uh, like you go to the big the Bucks games or you know, it's cool to go to a Lions game or two. That would be a big one when you're around some of the fans and I feel the same way about the Dodgers games and Lakers games and stuff, but from a games that I'm watching that, that I'm watching because I've bet on and or because I'm going to be betting on this uh, game or these teams in the future. I don't like to be out in. I like to be at home with my setup. I got my computer. I got my notes. I got a couple things that I can jot down. I've got tweets and stuff so that if there are things that somebody posts, I can bookmark them and I can reference them and go back and pull that stat. Like I like following along with a couple of the people from like pro football focus or football outsiders and see as they kind of talk about things that are happening in the game as I'm so I'm 1000% with you like I yeah. I am like eh, no I'd rather just be at home in my own zone yeah I mean like I am I got my little setup and it's like yeah it's it's just what we do man and I, it's it was just funny it was just a funny text my buddy sent me 
Let's move around to uh, This is one of the more interesting games of the week We talked about the Browns a little bit in our uh, In the, uh, the kind of the opening when we were talking about Some of the news and this game has Now moved a little I guess it's still at two and a half I've, I've seen in some spots that it that it dipped Down um, and, and going The Browns way for us uh, so the Bengals Are a two and a half point favorite at home This is the 47 total over under And just a massive game For both of these teams because Cleveland's four and four Now they're Lucky in the sense that everybody else in the AFC has lost a couple games, so they're not all that far out of even the division. With you know many games against the teams in their division still left, so they can move themselves up and they can control their own destiny if they want. But they there's all that weird Odell stuff. I mean that has to be in your locker room somewhere, and maybe it's the type of thing that brings the locker room together. But with someone like Odell, you'd probably think that. At least some people in that locker room Like him or probably think that he was Maybe underused or maybe kind of side With him I don't know how many I don't know But in any NFL locker room it's like A microcosm of society It's not like in the NBA where you've got 12 people There you've got so many people in that locker Room it's inevitable that there are going to be split People both ways So I wonder what the Vibe is like with the Odell stuff Cleveland's Still banged up Baker didn't look all that great last week They still should have won that game I mean Landry hurt them He killed them He fumbled the ball He had a bad drop There was another one that Odell They, they didn't connect on that they should have And if if two of those plays are made We're talking about the Browns winning by a touchdown Instead of losing You know that game It wasn't exactly like Pittsburgh was great or anything But you, and you got the Bengals Who we knew that that spot last week Was going to be the flattest, flattest, flat spot in the world and they lived up to it In fact, not only did they lose that game It, it was getting frustrating for, uh, for for people who backed the Jets Because late, it looked like we weren't even going to cover That game And the Jets beat the shit Out of the Bengals For the majority of that game By like every metric that you look at In the box scores They dominated that game And, you know, they end up winning Which is Gotta hurt Cincinnati because you had that big win Everybody tells you how good you are You were one of the top teams in the AFC Then you lose to a really really disappointing Jets team And now you don't have a ton of time to recover You gotta go again and play against another division rival Another team that's right there battling for with you For like a major playoff spot This game has a ton of intrigue to me I just don't know if I have an opinion on the game I want to lean Cincinnati But I don't I I in the in the pattern of playing a team, I would want to play Cincinnati this week, coming off of that really disappointing game last week, because it maybe people feel like they're undervalued. But the Browns might kind of be in that spot too. They might be coming off of a a loss that where they probably should have won, and and you know, I'm I'm interested, but I'm I'm not really sold on on either team from a wagering standpoint. Have you jumped in? Will you jump in? Tell us a little bit about this game, Eric. Well, first of all, to everyone out there, if you bet, the app you have to have is BetStamp. You can load in your um, your books in there. You go to the app, and boom, in real time, we'll show you what the line is. And then you can just pick instead of wasting time to going every single one of your betting shops. So that's my first advice. Great app. If you don't have it, you guys got to get it. That's number one. Number two, I locked in the Bengals here for the simple reason I mean, guys, like, I was on the Jets. I was lucky to get the win. I was lucky to get the money line win. They were up by 11 with five minutes to play. That was a complete melt by them. I mean, 
So, and plus there was that controversial call with the, um, Oh, that was a terrible call. Yeah, that was a terrible yeah. call for the record. Yeah. Like that was a horrible freaking call. Yeah. That that was a terrible call. Like I can make excuses for what I saw for why the Bengals lost that game. Flat spot, you know, t- young team, flat spot. I can make excuses. And let's not forget, like, this is an explosive offense. The defense, they signed all these like no-name guys, and they're playing really well together. On the flip side, I have this Browns team that's banged up in the secondary. Okay. You don't, we don't know if Denzel Ward's playing or not, which, which makes a pretty big deal because they're the 26th rate um, defense pe- defending the pass. And when you lose your best, um, best DB and you have the best rookie in the class that's a wide receiver, that's a huge advantage for Cincinnati. That's number one. Number two, um, no Conklin. Conklin's out. So already you, this offensive line, which is the strength of the Browns, is going down a little bit because it's missing one of its best players, the bookend tackle. So that's a huge knock. And this Bengals team has been good defending the run, good going against the, from like the a, pass. Yeah, from like a matchup standpoint, the Bengals yeah. are really good in the offense in the, the against the you know their defensive line. Bang, uh, Browns offensive line a little banged up. Where you could hit the Bengals might be their secondary. But we've talked about all the problems that the wide receivers have been having for the Browns. And so, Landry's hurt. Landry's yeah, so, trying to play through it, and it's hurting the team, actually. It is. It is. And so will they be able to take advantage of one of the real weaknesses of Cincinnati that actually White was able to last week? You know, he was able to they, – they dinked and dunked a little bit, but he was able to take advantage of that. We're not sure the, – the weapons right now – I mean, if you're telling me that this Browns team had a healthy Chubb, Kareem Hunt – uh, Landry and Odell Well then yeah I mean that's a different story They don't have that right now They, they don't and that's that, like, For all of us who like the Browns Coming in who and I still think this version Of the Browns that right here they're banged Up they're still a pretty decent Team they're not like a bad football team But they're not their ceiling Is nowhere near where it was When we when when they were whole And some teams can handle The injuries some teams can't Right I don't think it's fair to, and that's where we, it gets a little tricky because I think you and I understand really how much one or two offensive line injuries can just crater a team. But then you have someone like Aaron Rodgers who misses the three wide receivers and he's able to still do it. But there are only a couple people that are sort of like Aaron Rodgers. You know, Baker isn't that guy. There's maybe a few people who can do that kind of thing in that situation, what Rodgers did last week. Other times in the NFL, if you're missing a few starters and you're missing some some like key players, you're gonna lose. And a lot of times, you're gonna look really bad doing it. Fuck the, uh, watch my f words. I don't get them too much, but it, it, I was just thinking about the uh, the, um, the 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 Chiefs last year, a really good football team, missing one or two pieces in the Super Bowl. How bad that offensive line looked. You know, that's just what happens with injuries in the NFL. Yeah, they can change everything, and that's why I fear, like, when a playmaker, wide receiver, a quarterback is out, you know, it really doesn't move it that much for me. I mean, like, someone like Rodgers, yeah, but, like, I value the trench work. When a trench guy is gone, that's when I really move the line and I look to find value. Um, Let me ask you this question. Like, um, what do you think the run in last week's game, in a close game against the Steelers, what do you think the run to pass ratio should be for the Browns? Oh man, it's always got to be at least 60. 
It's always got to be at least 65. Like I would go like 65, even closer to 70, but it's got to be at least 60. And, and the 40 or the, a lot of the past, in my opinion, is got to be play action stuff that's set up by, by the run. Because last week, in my eyes, the Browns completely lost track of who they were. Totally Chubb, agree. Totally Chubb agree. only touched the ball, ran the ball 16 times, and you had Mayfield, who was hurt, throwing for 31. In my eyes, that's just not going to cut it. That's just I get the Browns are – not the Browns, excuse me, the Steelers are a good defense, but that was a close game. You got to be, like, taking advantage of your offensive line before Conklin got hurt and pounding the ball at Chubb. There Same should be no team. With this Browns, that's what I liked about the Browns so much coming into this year that, like, last year and and early on this year, when they are at full strength with their offensive line and with Chubb and Hunt back there, the the thing I really like the most about the Browns is that it's like, oh, hey, we're going to run the ball right now and on the next down. See if you can stop us. Yeah, that that's what's great about them, right? It's not it's not that even that they're all that creative or or doing anything like reinventing the wheel. It's just that they knew their strengths and they just played to them. They just continue to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, and then it sets up play action really nicely and it makes Baker's job a hell of a lot easier when when some of the defense is going to have to bite and they're going to have to try to, to stack the box a little bit more. And so it's you know. It's a it's a different football team right now. I would I would lean Bengals in, in this case. I'm probably going to be w- just watching because I could. I'm still a little bit concerned about how the Bengals respond from that game last week. I'm just kind of worried. Like emotionally, can they bounce back after? Talk about the highs and lows and like a roller coaster for a young team over the last few weeks. And maybe they're just so young to where it it didn't even set, settle in for them yet that. Damn, we were like the number one team in the AFC a week ago, and now it sort of feels like we're back in prove it mode. So I think there is a little pressure on Zach Taylor here to to show that okay, I'm a good coach, and I'm going to at least make sure my team comes into this game focused, plays a good game, and doesn't come in flat. Like if you're the Bengals, you know, um, like if the Browns lose this game and get beat up, like you said, we'll kind of look at the Browns and go, okay, well, yeah, they were missing some. Some pieces on the offensive line Who knew? Who knows what all the stuff with Obell Landry still hurt, Baker still hurt If the Bengals come into this game And lay an egg, that's not going to be good For them, and and for like the, For the feel of like how How good things were just a few weeks ago And for Zach Taylor, and even for Burrow Like this, this is a really Important game for them, they don't have to win This game, they can lose a close Game against a, a, a Cleveland team That I still think is good, but if they come out And lay an egg and they don't play really well after having a tough um, couple of emotional weeks. This is one of those things where you look at Zach Taylor and go, okay, maybe he's not the guy. Big week for them. Yeah. And also, like I said it last week, when we talked on here and on uh, fourth and inches, Stefanski last week, 0-6 against the spread against the AFC North. After last week, 0-7 against the spread <laughs> against the AFC North. So, yeah, I, I'm on the Bengals here. I just think they're going to rebound. I am just feel the Browns are just too banged up in some key positions. The Vikings, uh, man, that was a bad loss for them last week because they got a great opportunity. Um, when you look down at the schedule and you, you saw the, how well Dallas was playing, that was going to be a tough game. And then all of a sudden there's no Dak. So you're in a great spot, but Zimmer did not look good. There are some obvious issues with Zimmer and Cousins. And, you know, this is a... 
this does feel like the kind of spot to want to play the Vikings because there's just nothing really positive coming out of of you know all the buzz about them over the last week or so. Um, the Ravens though are coming off of a bye. They probably had the opportunity to get a lot healthier where they were missing a lot of key pieces throughout. And it, we we've seen with a couple teams this year. Um, it was a good time for the Ravens to go to the bye because they got their asses kicked. And so then then it's nice when you go into the bye, your coaching staff can point to a lot of things that you need to work on that just did not go well for you even a few days ago. So I'm probably I mean, if this thing gets up to seven, I'm going to play the Vikings at six. I'm yeah. I'm probably going to going to stand going to stand pat here. But if it got to seven or over seven, that would be where I jump in. Yeah, I mean, it's been going back and forth between five and six all week and those to me are just dead numbers like you never really know what you're going to get from cousins on a week-to-week basis in those prime time games one o'clock when the lights are not on him, he tends to play a little bit better um harbaugh is one of the best coaches in the nfl coming off of the bye against the spread and straight up but this vikings team with their zone running scheme actually matches up pretty good against the ravens on the other hand they lost Hunter, who's their best pass rusher, so they're really not going to be able to get to anyone to create pressure for Lamar. Um, I think that the off week, like you said, was good for the Ravens. They're going to get everything kind of in sync because these are new running backs. They're kind of like thrusting into important roles. So, uh, yeah, I think the Ravens are going to win. I would not play this number. The, I kind of want to play the over, but 49.5 is just a little too high for me to get involved. So, yeah, this game's going to be a stay away for me. We uh, move along to the next. The over under in that game was fifty right now. Uh, Vikings, uh, Ravens, uh, Raiders uh, heading on the road to play the Giants. The Raiders are a three point road favorite here. Total in this game is forty six. This is one of the games on the board this week that I I got no idea really what to do in here. I just can't get a feel for the Raiders right now. I think I I can't. I mean, I I, I was sort of backwards on how they would respond with the Gruden stuff, and now with everything that just happened with Rugs. Like, what is it? I have no idea, you know, because you have Derek Carr, who is like a really good person. You know, Derek Carr is, is like one of those people who's just like apparently such a good person that it's almost like weird sometimes that he's always he's just there are people like that. Just I'm not I sure as hell ain't like that, but there are some that are just genuinely that good that they'll, uh, you know. They they don't you know they want to help everybody they can they're like true true humanitarians, but some of the stuff that he said I'm sure you know in it's not that he was defending rugs and what rugs did but he was sort of <clears throat> saying you know I I feel for him and he was coming coming to you know to to the aid I guess of of some of the reporters who were were being a little bit harder on the situation and so. Now there just is so many weird thing that's ha- things that have happened with this team over the last month. I have, I have no clue. So when I when I feel that way with my cash, I generally stay away. Do you have a strong opinion in this spot? Well, here's the thing. A, I'm just not that high on this Raiders team. So no, me neither. I'm a little, I'm a little bit in the pickle because a, I really wasn't that high on this Raiders team. I thought um, this was my thought process. I wanted to take the Giants here. I think the Giants a. Basically, it's kind of weird how you defend Mahomes. It's the same way as defending um, Derek Carr. Like, force him to go underneath, take away his deep ball, force him to dink and dunk. That the same way you play, you play, you play him the same way. So, Giants, their defense looked good against Kansas City. You have to give them credit, looked good. There's some bad calls, I thought. 
I thought it was a very capable game. I think the Giants have been some easy game, some games that they could have won. The Falcons game, the football team game, um, you know, the Cowboys game kind of got off the rail with the injury. So I think this team is a little undervalued. The problem is, though, and it's kind of been lost in the mix because with all the rug stuff, is, you know, they have 13 people that had close contacts. They had a virtual practice today because of close contacts. So we really don't know who's going to come in. I actually locked this in at three just because I felt when the rug stuff happened, it was going to drop down to two and a half. I was wrong. It drifted up to three and a half just because we really don't know what's going to happen. The Giants. And who's yeah. going to be out with the Giants with, with this COVID thing with like, and I don't even think it's players. I think it's like people in the facility. You know what I mean? Like someone that works there, the front desk attendant or what or whoever. So I, I locked it in a three, like in a pure football stance. I love the Giants here. The Raiders, like you said, they're, they're just dealing with way too many shit. You got the Gruden stuff. You got the rug stuff. That's just way too much things for these players to be dealing with. And they're traveling to the East Coast. So in terms of two, pure football, if everyone's in for the Giants, I like the Giants. I locked it in at three. I'm just going to stick with that. And I'll probably sprinkle on the money line, too, as long as the Giants aren't missing some key pieces. We uh, are going to move along to the next game. It jumped up to six and a half, and I, I locked it in now. And um, I'm absolutely hoping that it continues to climb. I'd, I'd love it to get to, to seven and, and to seven and a half. To me, this is a great spot to play against the Saints after their big win last week. You sniffed out how the spot for the Saints was great. You were all over that one, playing them uh, uh, as a dog straight up. And uh, as a dog getting some uh, getting some points And they, they really played really well They dominated that game Even after some of the injuries But now you have The, you know, it's settled in Right, like when, at the point of the game When Jameis got hurt It didn't really matter because They were playing really well defensively They kind of got the advantage that they needed And now You don't, you don't have the guy to start the game now everybody knows It's either you know it's going to be Simeon they've got Some film on whatever's going to happen when when Hill comes back if he plays and who knows Um is, is he healthy At the time right now Hill yeah, or is it Even is he, he's, act, so he got activated And he practiced from so he's What he's, I read on Twitter today from the beat writer Beat writer it's Hill's actually going to start Okay so that's And and I act to be fair We've talked about this last year that makes me Even want to play the Falcons more I, I don't mind Hill as like a fantasy player He's very good as a fantasy DFS player Because he runs And he can probably get into the end zone a couple times And he actually hurts Kamara's value But he's not a great thrower of the ball And now we're going to get A Saints team That is coming off a really big win They beat the Bucks. They looked good doing it And everyone starts to talk about how great Sean Payton is And Sean Payton's so amazing And you know what? He did it with Breeze and he did it with with Jameis. Why can't he do it with Simeon or with Hill or whoever? It's to, the Taysom thing. It's like um, we all have, you know, example. You and I go back and forth sometimes with Baker, right? We joke about it, we laugh about it, and stuff like that. And maybe in a, two years or three years or whoever, one of us ends up being completely on the wrong side. Maybe neither of us really does. Maybe he's just kind of okay. He's good. He's competent, but whatever. But like. When you a lot of times when you when it's like a, an opinion that you have or or like for you I keep going back to you, like you're coaching right now for me like when I was coaching if I was going to tell one of my other coaches okay I love this kid but for some reason he didn't play well and he did you'd want to continue to kind of defend them you'd want to go to bat for them you'd want to show everybody that what you think is right and I always get the feeling that Sean Payton wants to do that with Hill way too much 
like way too much. Just be cute and just be like, hey, look, this guy's good. I told you. I told you he can be a quarterback. And I, I worry that that's not always what's best for their team. And, and like he likes to make prove a point more than what's going to be the best thing to do in this particular football game. I'm taking the Falcons here. I already locked it in at six and a half. You know, I locked it in at six this morning. I wish I would have waited for the half, but I just didn't. Because it was like around five, five and a half. It got as soon six. as it got to six, I would have too. But I was just yeah. literally recording, and at the and, time that I saw it, it was up to six and a half. So I was like, nice, perfect. And I mean, you have to think of it like this: In what world do we live in, where Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill should be laying that many points? None. There's none at all. I mean, I get it. Saints defense is elite. Falcons just lost to the to the Panthers. You know, I I get it. I understand it. But Falcons always play the Saints tough. Always looking at Peyton, looking at, yeah, always, always. They've they've had some great games. Um, looking at um Peyton's against the spread, forty one percent against the spread as a favorite. Okay, forty four percent against the spread of six or more. You know, so he just doesn't cover in these spots. He wins the games. He doesn't cover. He like there's certain coaches, certain quarterbacks. You fade as favorites. You back as dogs and that's what Sean Payton is you know I'm going to fade him in this spot coming off their biggest win you quarterback questions um and you know he's statistically shown he just this is a spy he just doesn't cover it so I'm all over this um Falcons if it is Taysom Hill they got Jarrett who's really great at stuff in the run in the interior that's one thing they do well in the defense um it is a little worrisome for me with the Falcons and um this is my fault that I didn't realize this because a, I'm a little frustrated because, like, I would have won the Millionaire Man for I'm just saying on DraftKings last week because I had, I did a Tradecon Smith, Jameis Winston stack, okay? Oh. And, you know, I'm a little bit frustrated because Winston went down. I mean, at the time he went down, he had rushing yards, he had a touchdown, Tradecon Smith had a touchdown. I mean, I, w- I was already planning, like, eight vacations. So yeah, you're like, where am I going? What are we doing? <laughs> but I was a little bit pissed with that. But, you know, stuff happens. Um, in terms of the Falcons, though, um, Calvin Ridley being out, and like you said, he needs help. Bravo for him because it's really hard when you for someone to admit that they need help, especially but then in from a just, sport. Yeah, yep, and, and but just from, like, a football sport, yep. perspective, right? Because yep. those are totally two different things. We both think, like – Amazing stuff for him as a person Now in a kind of crass Sense we have to do the same thing With the rug stuff right like we're Gamblers and we have to address What happened we obviously feel like That stuff is crazy But now how is it going to affect the football Aspect and the football part of this And how it did was it it Showed last week in the Panthers game Panthers rolled coverage To uh, Pitts And Pitts looked pedestrian he wasn't Able to do absolutely anything so it's going to be interesting to see how Pitts makes the adjustment in his development of being the guy that is now shadow covered teams like try to stop and this is going to create pressure for Russell Gage to be able to be that playmaker that Matt Ryan's going to need he got a zero for me me last week he got me a goose egg last week Gage after I, I had like late because there were a couple injuries that I had And so I, I had to throw him into two different lineups Really really late And I was like I feel pretty confident he'll get Three or four catches at least and probably be in like The ten fantasy points or so range Awful it was all It was all sharp last week right was it is it Tajay Sharp who was getting all the looks It was all all Tajay Sharp All yeah. Tajay Sharp and it was just Yeah it's uh, 
The Falcons have looked better from the week to week. Last week, it was just one of those spots against the Panthers. Panthers matched up pretty well with them. But, yeah, play the spot, play the number, and everything says to play the Falcons this week. I would not, however, sprinkle on the money line in this situation. No, this is one of times with a dog. I would not sprinkle on the money line. Yeah, me too. It was I was I was waiting for the number. This isn't a like I'm in love with the Falcons thing. This is a little more that playing the spot and still kind of playing into some of that anti-Saint stuff that we you know what we had at the beginning. Like their their record is definitely better than how good they are as a team. I think they have an elite defense. I gen- I absolutely do, but offensively, they haven't been great and there are there are two different games that really flipped for them. That very easily could have gone the other way And then we're probably thinking about this team A lot differently I wouldn't be shocked if it starts to even out And they lose a couple of games down the stretch Now that they're probably not going to get as better, like as good of play on. Um, they won't have as high of a ceiling Offensively now, I don't think Without Jameis there So we'll uh, we'll see what happens in this one As we move to Is this the biggest uh, spread of the week? 14 and a half with the Bills on the road Playing the Jags in here And Gosh, Herb You know, like last week that was that was a spot to play to think the Jaguars, whatever you thought, play them or not, or the number or not. It was a game in a spot where you had to feel like they were going to play a lot better than than they did. Seattle had been, you know, a little disappointing. They were in a couple close games against better teams, but they weren't moving the ball or looking very good in doing so. And you get a, you know a buy, you get a time for. A new coach and a young quarterback to work on some things to to figure out. Okay, hey, these are some of the things that worked or some of the things that didn't, and you you feel like oh now they're going to be improved. Instead, they looked like they did in week one. They looked just off everything. I mean, they got their asses kicked, Eric. They lost thirty one to seven to Geno Smith and a Seattle football team that's I don't think anybody would say is great right now. Even when they had Russell Wilson, I don't think anybody would say they thought they were great and. Those are the kind of games off a of buy when you get that kind of effort from your team in a game where they're a three point underdog. You know, th- that was like a very win- like winnable, maybe the wrong word, but a game on paper that if you're if you're a player on that team, you're not like, oh, damn, we got to go play them. Right. It, even though Seattle going on the road there. Yeah, sure. Not a fun place to go play sometimes, but y- you're not scared of going to play that game. And. That was the kind of effort you get from from players that have just given up, you know, or that that aren't in. And that's that's what scares me because the gambler in me wants to to take the Jags, especially at plus 14 and a half, and I would never lay 14 and a half with the Bills. I think that when I see teams play so poorly, I always want to want to play them back the the next week. I'm just a little bit worried that this team might have just said screw it already, we're done with this guy. Yeah, I get it. I mean, like that, that thought's going through my head, but also when, you know, we talked and, you know, when we talked on fourth and inches, my big cap of the game of why I took the, um, the Jaguars was their running game mm-hmm. and, um, how it's the second. They're the number DOA. one. They were number yeah. one at that point. I think, are they two yeah. now or they were one before they're two, I believe they're two DVOA in rushing Seattle was 32nd in rushing DVOA. And unfortunately with, there's some key guys that stuff lips and James Robinson. He had four, four carries for 20 some odd yards was averaging five and a half carries per five and a half yards per carry. He went down after four carries and to play the rest of the game. And like when that happened, I knew my bet was in trouble because he is playing at an insane level right now. That's completely under the radar. 
and I knew my my bet was in trouble. So basically for me, how I'm looking at this game is a 14 and a half is way too many points. So I'm going to wait. Like I texted you like right before the, um, the Dolphins game last week when they played the Bills. I was like, FML up to 15. I have to play the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like the same way for me. If this it gets is. up to like 15, 16, I'm going to have to play the Jaguars. It's going to be yeah. high humidity in the 70s. So that's going to be high for these Buffalo guys. Josh Allen, you know, he for that first half against the Finns, he really didn't look that great. And there was that Bush League touchdown at the end. And then they went for two after that. So it's like that game really, even though they won by 14, that game really wasn't a true 14-point win. They should have been taking knees instead of Allen mm-hmm. running in from the end zone with two minutes left. Um, you know, it's, it's – Jags can run the ball. You know, I really feel like – this is going to be a spot like two touchdowns is just way too much. If this goes up to 15, you know, I'm going to be dirty, dude. You know, I'm going to take, I'm going to take Jacksonville, but all Aguilera, this depends, do it. All this, all this <laughs> depends if, uh, if, uh, what should we call it? If James Robinson plays, if James Robinson plays, I'll play the Jaguars. If he doesn't, I won't. And like, the thing is like with the Jaguars is they got some decent guy on de- defense. Like they do my de- Lions. Like we have shit on defense. Nothing. Our defense fucking sucks. That's but what makes know, this got, team even. Mind. That's what makes Urban even more terrible as a coach because they have some weapons and some pieces. The division is terrible, and you look around like there's no. And I don't think that Trevor Lawrence has looked incredible, like awesome or anything yet. But you're telling me if if that guy was in New England instead of Mac Jones, like. You, you, we would probably think a lot different about New England. I sure would. I mean, you probably think that they, they probably would have won a couple more games than they lost, you know. And even just with the the opportunity of a player with his upside, um, Herb's just done such a crappy job. But you're right. You can't. There is never a world where I would ever ever lay Buffalo with fourteen or fourteen and a half, especially on the especially road. Fourteen and a half. Yeah. No way. No way. Shape or form. If this thing continues to creep up. Like I want to play the Jags right now. There's just parts of me There's that There's no want... way you can. There's yeah. no way you can. You just got to wait. And I'm telling you guys, yeah. James Robinson, the year he's having right now is so insanely just not being noticed by anybody just because it's the fucking Jaguars. He's so and... good. He's so good. And, and he's efficient. I... And if he's, like I said, if he's playing – I'll take it. And the heat adds up. Like when you go to one of these, and like Buffalo, it's like in the forties. Now you go to a place that's going to be 70 with a high humidity index. It's going to be hot. They're going to be in those pads. We saw what happened, happened to green Bay at the beginning of the season. Now, granted it wasn't as hot, but it's still going to be a big degrees difference. Yeah. I mean, if this gets up to 15, I'll be on the Jaguars, but right now this is just a pass for me. When you, you know, when you would think about, and somebody would say, who's the best running back in the league? And a lot of people would, would say Derrick Henry or, you know, there would be some other you know names that would be thrown out there. I don't know anyone that would even probably think of saying James Robinson or kind of putting him in that conversation. But he last year was excellent. And this year, just using things like, you know, football outsiders, they rank, you know, we, we reference DVOA a lot of times. And then they'll have DVOA for specific positions, like for running backs. They have a, and it, it's based on D. DYAR which is defense Adjusted yards above replacement So what it tells you is how much better that you are Than a replacement level player Well he's Fourth like he's right he's always On on any like advanced Stat lists too He's always up really really high 
on a really bad team that just genuinely generally does not happen. It's that this guy is legit, and that's yeah. We'll, we'll wait a little bit. Maybe we can get a uh, uh, maybe I can get a, a another point or two uh, before I have to get a little dirty with Eric and jump in on the on the Jags as we move to Panthers Patriots. Man, what a big game for these two teams, huh? Like they're both four and four. I don't think anybody assumes either one of these teams is a Super Bowl winner, but they could both make the playoffs where they sit right now. This is a big game for both of them to try to stay in that mix. The uh, the Patriots have been a little lucky there that a lot of these other AFC teams are sort of coming back to life now. And the Panthers, that was a big game against the Falcons last week because whoever would have won that game put themselves back in in playoff in the playoff hunt. And then with the Vikings losing, that also helped the the Panthers. So heck, they're you know they're home. Who knows what's going to be happening with them? Do we even know what the status is uh, for for the quarterbacks of uh, of Carolina? I have no idea. Like I like a he ran the Darnold ran and then he um, he got a little banged up. Yeah. And the very next play was a designed run again, and he got lit the fuck up. Man. Lit like, I thought he died. up. Oh my he got god! Lit up. I thought he died. Like it was just amazing. Like he was like I was like oh my god. Like it was amazing that hit. Um, he was limited. I know he was limited in practice today. I mean, he's got a shoulder injury. He's got the concussion. Um, you know, I'm just a Panther, not Panthers. Patriots had a good win on the road. They're able to run the ball. Um, but that game was a late Justin Herbert pick six. I mean, they really didn't win the game because of Mac Jones. They won the game because Herbert played like shit and they were able to run the ball and the Chargers were able to defend the run. So it had nothing to do with Mac Jones at all. Had to do with their defense and uh, their running game. You look at the Panthers. Panthers defense is actually pretty good. So they got Shaq Thompson back um, with Gilmore. I think they have got like three DBs now, like in the top 30, 30 of um, football. Was it PFF rankings? Mm-hmm. So their defense is pretty legit. Yep. This just comes down to me is I I don't live in a world where I trust Sam Darnold. I know. Okay. I know. And like I like I'm gonna be honest, like I got so many goddamn rules with betting. I'm just not gonna be like throwing money around. And I mean, I think I'm pretty good at it, and I think I'm good at it because I don't force bets and I pick bets in certain situations and bet disciplined with players. Some of, those things. some of the and sometimes and, you're and, well. What's crazy is because like you can have an angle right, and 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 you're gonna be wrong about that angle. 35-40% of the time 45% of the time But if that's the case If you're just right about it More than you're wrong A little bit more Well then you're Then that's that's what we need in this game Right? Your opinions aren't going to always be right But if they're just right a little bit more And that's You know that's what you have to believe in When you trust the work that you put in And you trust your handicapping And when you sort of have a few of those rules That you create for yourself in your head Or things that you don't do Or you you tell yourself you don't want to ever do But you probably do once or twice And then when you do it again You're mad at yourself for doing it You know Yeah and that's That's the name of the game And I mean I'm looking I just pulled up that stamp right now I'm looking at the line um, The highest It's at three and a half right now Across every single book that I have if news breaks, and that's it was at four this morning, that's probably because Darnold was limited. But if news breaks where Darnold's not going to be there and this gets up to something like a five, I would be interested in Carolina if PJ Walker and I got up to five. But right now at the three and a half, four, I just can't, I just can't do it. We get to Chargers Eagles. This is a weird game. This is one of those lines that I, I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from because. 
Why aren't the Chargers favored by a little bit more than this? I know they're going on the road to play the Eagles. I know they're going from the the west to the east. The Eagles are not that good. They they played really well last week. And they beat we we were on the Lions against the Eagles last week. They kicked the crap out of the Lions and you know, just kind of trying to handicap that game, it did feel like the Lions had a, in a weird way, they had a letdown game after the big effort they put up against the Rams. We didn't really think that that was going to happen. We sort of hoped that 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 was going to be like a catalyst for the Lions to to go the other way and maybe realize, you know what, we can compete with these better teams. Like we're not a horrible horrible team and instead they just completely no-showed. And now, you know, is Philly just a little bit overvalued off of that spot? I mean, this line, what the line opened up at. Um, I'm sorry, I'm pulling it up right no, now. No. Um, I think it opened up at, yeah, it's been right around, no, it was at three. I mean, it opened up at three and it's kind of drifted down to um, to this one and a half, two area. So, you know, money's coming in on the Eagles. Chargers can't stop the run, but the Eagles really don't don't run the ball. I mean, they ran the ball more last week. And the running is generally so much. hurts. And it's him like scrambles and stuff. And it's a lot of any of the metrics that you look at, like they're a lot of the, they're like the bulk of their rushing comes late in garbage time where he's just scoring some meaningless touchdowns late in the game. I, this is just I a just, weird one, man. This is a weird one for me because it feels too easy, it right? It's like a trap. Yep, a it trap. is. And it's like, a trap. That's why, like, I just can't. And I'm you know staying what? away. Hey, I got I got the charges at 35 to 1 to win it all. So, I so mean, if, if they, they win, win it, you're fine. fine. If they win, fine. If they lose, you know, maybe I'll find a future where I can have them play to win the AFC West or, or something. Or to get it in the playoffs if their yeah. value is better or whatever it is. But, whatever. but I, at the end of the day, their defense, it needs to be better. They can't stop a fucking nosebleed right now in the running game. And until that stops, this team is going to have some issues. Eagles, I mean, what the like Kenneth Gagwell like disappeared. You know, it's like whoever's their number one running back just never gets touches. You know what I mean? First it was Miles Sanders, now Gainwell doesn't get touches. They got Jordan Howard getting Goreland carries. Yeah, this game is just to stay away from me. I can't trust anybody. Cardinals 49ers in the next one. So we we have the Cardinals as a two point underdog now on the road because. We don't really know the status of Kyler Murray. This this one's weird because, like, after the game last week, the sense was that he was going to probably miss at least a week and maybe a couple. And then now the sense is that he's probably going to play. But if he does play, how healthy will he be? And he has not been really running well. All of this year, even for a team that's been really good and, and been better than I thought they were going to be, you you would have expected. Oh, they're winning all these games. It's got to be Kyler's just having these monster monster games, right? Where he's running up and down. Some games that you see Lamar have sometimes. Well, not not really. He's been a pretty good thrower of the football, but he, it's he hasn't been running really at all this year. Um, I like the 49ers in this spot. I don't know about the particular the number right now at two because you you could have gotten this. And probably three points better just a day or two ago Where you could have been getting the, the 49ers at, at plus some money And you, you may still be able to find some better 49er lines out there But I I like them in this spot I'm not going to play it most likely though uh, But if, if I was forced to I would lean 49ers in here What are your thoughts on Cardinals 49ers? Well A um, 
I love the 49ers here. I absolutely love them. I locked them in at three. Um, so is that where it opened? Is, is it open at, at, at Arizona minus at, three? It opened at three. Um, yeah, that's what I, I, I op- Yeah, it opened at three um, on Sunday. But this is why you guys have to watch fourth and inches. I said on fourth and inches when we were talking about, I forget what game we were talking about. I think it was the um, Vikings game. Because I said the Dak game is, the Dak situation is kind of like the Kyler situation. I go, when you guys see the 49ers game, we need to lock that in right away because there's a high probability that Murray may not play. And if that's the case, this line's going to drop. Looking at that stamp right now, all my lines have this at plus one and a half for the 49ers. Um, so I beat the number, which is good. Um, the first game, 49ers, you and I were both on the 49ers. They completely dominated that game. They outgained the Cardinals by over 100 yards an inch away from getting the Trey Lance touchdown. But this 49ers team with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's able to do a lot more on offense than um, Lance is. Also, the Cardinals, they're without Hudson, the starting center, which is going to affect the offensive line, affect the run game, affect the production of Murray. And J.J. Watt not being there allows teams to to double Jones, so he's not able to get the pass rush that he's asked. I think there's some just two key injuries that are being overlooked even at one and a half i'll take the 49ers i got them at three but even at one and a half i like them here we go to our next game love 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 i i locked in i locked in some love at plus seven and a half here the chiefs are a seven and a half point favorite against the packers and uh jordan love is going to be playing for the packers and uh, the packers are going to be getting some of their weapons back I don't think the Chiefs should be favored by a touchdown really over many teams at all right now. We saw the Chiefs favored over a bad team by a big number last week, and they didn't cover, and that was on a short week, and they shouldn't even have won that game. They got pretty lucky that they won. And so now, just because another team is missing their quarterback, we're going to automatically overreact this much to make them over a touchdown favorite when when they were at their best making Super Bowls over the last two years, they still weren't a very good ATS team. I think the Packers are going to try to do what they do is slow the game down. Many people would probably assume that the Packers are, you think Aaron Rodgers, you think high tempo, you think a bunch of scoring. That's not the way they they pace themselves as an offense. They're very methodical. That And, and a lot of that is Rodgers. He knows what he's doing. He takes his time, um, you know, in between plays and everything. And they they kind of Take the air a little bit out of the ball More than you would think a team Like them does And so I They're not going to have to play all that different To to be competitive in here The the, own, the real variable is just We don't know anything at all about Jordan Love As, as far as like a starter Is how, how good he is at this level But he's not some Kid who just came in He's been around for a while now He knows the system He knows the playbook and he knows the we- the weapons that he has. He knows what he needs to do to move the ball. Maybe the guy is just really incompetent. And I've been dead wrong many times before. But I think this is just way too much for someone who, hell, maybe he's not bad. Maybe this guy is okay. I don't think he's going to be an upgrade over Aaron Rodgers. But like, this just happened with the the Zach Wilson and Mike White stuff. You know, sometimes... The variable of not knowing Isn't a negative In fact you could use it to your benefit In lines because 
Just handicapping this line Okay if Jordan Love is good This isn't seven and a half This is probably closer to five With the way that the Chiefs have been Maybe not even three and a half or four With with as bad as the Chiefs have been You know so I'm 100% Packers in here I already locked it in at plus seven and a half I'm going to be on the Packers too Because I think this is just a big overreaction To the Aaron Aaron Rodgers news A couple things though It is interesting because What the one thing That Rodgers does is when teams drop drop two safeties back, he's content with handing it off or just dink, dinking and dunking. How our defense is going to adjust? Like mm-hmm. it seems to me, you know what I mean. It's going to be yep. a total defensive look. Absolutely, Rodgers is in there, so that's one thing that's going to be interesting. Looking at the Chiefs' defense, they're thirty first overall and twenty nine against the run. You hit on the head. I mean, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones is a great two headed beast running game. I think they're going to lean on those guys a lot to run the ball, kind of take the air out of the ball and make things easier for Jordan Love. When I went on your show and I gave my um, my rankings for the quarterbacks, I actually had Love two. I had um, what was it Burrow one, Love two, Herbert three, two of four. Those are my rankings for that class and. I was high on love. I think he's going to be very confident. I think he's going to come here. And I think it's his defense, which really isn't that good and has some holes in the secondary. He's going to be in line for some success. Um, I texted you the stat on Mahomes, and the stat is just still mind-boggling to me. Usually, the more time that uh, quarterbacks have, the better they are in their ra- quarterback ranking and interception uh, to touchdown ratio. But Mahomes, when he gets rid of the ball in 2.5 seconds or less, his quarterback ranking is 108.2 with 15 touchdowns to four INT ratio. When he holds onto it for over two and a half seconds, it is 64.2 quarterback ranking, four TDs to six INTs is his ratio, which is just mind boggling to me. Because it's, it's weird because, like, like, what do you the opposite? What do you take? Out of that to like to me kind of like Looking at that and, and trying to handicap That and, and, and analyze it It tells me one That he's got some really Good playmakers so that You know getting them The ball really quickly obviously like Someone like Tyreek Hill right I think is built A lot into that because you get the ball out of your Hands real quickly on like a little slant or a little Screen to him and then he can he can run With it or you can get the ball to Kelsey Real quick on a little slant and he can break one tackle And he can run with it and that in a weird way, you know, it, it's both like he tries to do a little bit too much the more time that he has, and that it, when he just reacts and doesn't stop to think, that's actually the best version of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, he's, I think he's just thinking too much. He's like double pumping all the time. It's like he's trying to make the big play. It's, I, I kind of feel like he's second guessing himself. Absolutely. He's trying to do everything by himself, and teams yep. are like, there's no adjustment. Like I mentioned earlier about Rodgers, he's content handing it, handing it off when people take away the big play from him. You know what I mean? And Mahomes just isn't quite there yet. As crazy as it sounds, going to back-to-back Super Bowls, winning it all, he's still trying to do the same thing. He just hasn't adjusted to what teams are doing against him. And, yeah, it's it's a weird thing. I think, yeah, I, I that stat just, the more I look at it, just absolutely blows my mind. Um I'm going to be on the Packers here. I'll, you know, if it gets down to seven, I'll lock it in. But I think it could drift up to an eight, maybe. Yeah, you're right. It might. It very well could. And it's a big weekend for love. There's a horse in the Breeders' Cup, Philly and Mare 
turf named Love. Exactly, exactly that. There's actually another horse in that race named Love's Only You. Could be a lot of love in the air this weekend. It's not Valentine's Day, but we're going to be uh, maybe getting a, a little lovey-dovey if uh, if Jordan can get the job done for us as we move to our final two games of the weekend to discuss with Eric here. So, Eric, we're going to head uh, and play. Uh, we're going to head and take a look at the Rams and the Titans. The This is going to be your Sunday night football game. The Rams are a seven and a half point favorite in this one. The Rams were one of a few teams that decided to make a trade. You gave them props earlier on in this episode and just knowing like, hey, we can make an upgrade. We feel like we have a roster right now that's good enough to win a Super Bowl this year. Let's go get one or two players that are going to make us a little bit better. And that's what they did here. Um, there's some you know, the weird stuff with Deshaun Jackson he wants out of there. I don't know how much that's going to. Impact them one way or the other And on the field wise they've they've got weapons Van Jefferson does a lot of the same things That uh, that Deshaun does and he's actually been playing pretty well As of late I mean this is This is I would never I'm a Rams fan I don't think you've maybe Ever heard me or Eric come on in here And give out a like a seven and a half point Favorite as a play or like I love this Seven and a half point favorite here so You know I'm not playing them I'm very curious to how Tennessee Responds without Henry because he he like it there are only a few teams where you really feel like the running back might matter cuz i don't think overall that the running back really does matter we've talked about it before i don't think you probably want to go spend a really high draft pick on one i don't think you want to necessarily really overpay uh a running back that's getting a little older but there are a couple that are such a big part of what their teams do I, we just saw it with McCaffrey how different did that Panthers team look offensively? How different did Sam Darnold look? And it wasn't as if Sam Darnold's been playing against incredible competition as of late. Sam Darnold looked bad in games against the Eagles and the Vikings and, and teams that didn't have awesome defenses or that weren't really, really good. I I just don't know what to do for me. This is a total stay away because I could see I could see the number being a little too big and maybe Tennessee now if if Julio Jones is is healthy and AJ Brown looked really really good and now you've got some weapons so maybe you've got you know it's it's not like Derrick Henry got hurt in the middle of the game and now they've got to try to figure it out sometimes when that happens in the middle of the game you get killed they've had a week they've had time to figure things out to try to put some new stuff into the offense if I was going to make a play in this game it would definitely be on the Titans side but I I'm probably staying away. So like you were saying, like there are other games that I like a little bit more and I don't I don't need to feel forced to like play on Monday night against the team that I root for, but if I was, I would I would play on the Titans spot. Yeah, I mean, I it's kind of weird like you look at what the Titans have done. They with Bills, was it Bills Chiefs back to back? Um really and good and really good 14, doing it. 14 down 14 to nothing. Now, I have my own gripes. They never should have won that game against the Colts, but they did. I think Frank Wright is yep. a fucking moron. Um, like, you're up 14 nothing. You have a chance to pin him back. Instead, you go for it, like, around your 40, was it 48, 50-yard line. Give the Titans a short field. They score. Then there was the pick. The guy tore his ACL, falling down to the ground. Fumble, A.J. Brown touchdown. That awful tight end screen where – um. You uh, where Wentz throws a left-handed pick six, but the thing that got me the most is Wright has prided himself as being this huge like 
analytic type guy and like we're gonna go for it why the hell did he not go for two at the end of the game when they scored that touchdown you know what i mean like everything he said and everything he's done has said that's what he's gonna do and he didn't do it so i mean that was a little upsetting to me especially because i had the colts plus the one and a half there um but in terms of the titans like i just i the first game against the cardinals and the first half against the seahawks when they abandoned the play action and weren't using henry that much they were really struggling offensively and i really think they're going to revert back to that so because of that i'm just going to stay away just because i don't know what i'm going to get and there's going to be too many question marks titans do struggle defending the um the wide receiver maybe i'll do like a van jefferson over yards van jefferson over like receptions maybe something like that but in terms of side i'm not going to do anything and where they are right now they they may not be really worried about doing everything they can to win the next game or two. Like they may be trying to figure things out. It may take them a couple of weeks without Henry to figure out what their backfield is going to look like or how they're going to be able to move the chains a little bit more without him. And where they sit right now, they're six and two. The Colts are three and five. They're probably going to go to four and five right now. But Tennessee beat the Colts twice. So the Colts actually have to finish a game in front of the Titans to win the division. Tennessee. Is in as good of a spot as any team in football as far as trying to make the playoffs. They can coast, coast. So if some of these games, I wouldn't be shocked if they got blown out, or maybe they take a week or two to just, hey, yeah, we got like let's let's figure things out. How we're gonna, you know, what kind of a team we're gonna be like without this guy Henry now. But we're in okay shape to where we don't have to really worry about. Putting ourselves in a bad position or who cares if we lose two or three games to good teams They they stacked up those wins early and that's what when you stack up wins man That's why the difference between a team like them and the browns right They're six and two yeah. the browns are four and four and could very easily be seven and one And we may like I think the browns are a very good team when they're healthy But I may be saying that at the end of the year about a team that didn't make the playoffs Right yeah. like you you can be a good team and not make it you can be a bad team and make it at some point, you got to stack the wins. They've done that. Stay away from me, though, in this one. I'm curious to see how they um, how they start to scheme without Derrick Henry. As we move to the Monday night football game, we've got the Bears on the road going to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers are a minus six and a half point favorite in here at home. The Steelers come into this game off of the uh, the win against the Browns last week which was a huge win for them because now they have put themselves right back in the playoff picture so Pittsburgh who has looked so bad at some points this year really really bad Big Ben has looked really bad at some point it's gotten a little more competent in the last few weeks but right now this is the exact moment when the Steelers and Mike Tomlin lay an egg this is the moment this is the time when we're all starting to to turn back and go, you know what? The Steelers defense is pretty good. And you know what? Big Ben's played a little bit better in the last few weeks. And you know what? You know what? They may be a playoff team. And if you run into them and they're tough and you don't want to, and so people are starting to talk themselves into this Steelers team, they're I don't feel a whole lot different about them right now than I did when you and I did the previews early on in the year and I didn't and before the season when I didn't think they were going to be very good. Their team isn't really that good when you look at a lot of the metrics and and where they're graded they don't really do anything great their defense is fine i think they're number 10 overall in defensive dvoa their offense is below average they 
won a very weird game against the Bills in week one. Then they have a couple other games that absolutely they sort of stole. And you know, the the Broncos game, they were a little banged up. The the Broncos didn't play well at all and until late, and they still had a chance to come back late. The Browns game, if you know, the wide receivers are just a little more competent there. The the Steelers probably aren't even in position to to be up or to try to win the game with maybe two or three more decent catches and and and, and a no fumble situation. I don't like the Steelers overall as a team in that I just don't think they're that good of a football team. This is what we why we do the work as gamblers because if I just looked at everybody's win loss record and played them off of that, then you know like wins and losses are always one of the least important things to me. Until it comes to the playoffs and until it comes to when those matter, I'm always trying to look for the team that won a game last week that they may should not have won or lost a game that they maybe could have won. The Steelers team has a few of them on their schedule and now they're getting pumped and now they're overhyped and I'm going with Justin Fields. Let's do it, baby. Fields plus the six and a half with the Bears on Monday night. Tell us a little bit about this game, Eric. I like the Bears here, too. I mean, Fields looked really good. I mean, I'll give Laser credit. He did a great job of getting him in space, and he looked good. That He had that one ran, run where he, like, spun away from the defense and, like, ran 10 yards. That yep. was just absolutely insane. And he's this gotten to like, get outside a little bit. He turned the corner yeah. a couple times, which he was not able to do. He was trying – you could see him – in some of these weeks where he was struggling and getting sacked and sacked, the guy would try to get outside, but he wouldn't even ever be able to get the angle to start to turn the corner. He had one or two of them last week. He just looked so much more competent. And I think the Steelers defense, like I just pointed out, they're above average. I don't think they're a bad defense, but I think some of us are still giving them a rep where they they're treated like one of the best or top two or three defenses in the league. And I don't think they're that. I don't think they're that at all. I mean, for me, this big thing is the Bears lost that game because their defense wasn't able to create pressure and wasn't able to make Jimmy Garoppolo uncomfortable. The team's still second in sacks. And if they can get to Big Ben, they're going to be able to disrupt him enough and, you know, create a little chaos, create a little havoc. And I think they'll be able to, uh, to, to do that. That's why I like them here. Also, this is the classic Mike Tomlin letdown spot after the big win where no one really gave him credit. You know, they're going to go and they're going to, you know, lose a game that they're favored by almost a touchdown on. Also, this is going to be the public parlay piece that everyone has tied to the Monday night game. That's another thing I love fading about it. Um, I actually kind of feel like where this defense is right now, I feel it's a little bit better than the Bears, the Browns defense that they'll be able to keep the Steelers in check. That's another thing. And also what no one's talking about is we don't even know what's going on with Boswell. Is he going to be able to play? Cause he got, he's concussed. Is he going to be able to pass protocol or the Steelers? Like who's the Steelers kicker going to be? Cause he got lit up on that fake field goal, which was an awful play call. I went, Oh, cause I just saw what happened at the end of this. The, the back door was just wide open for the jets to come in here and cover. And they were on, they were on the 10 
with a minute and a half late in just a situation where teams always get the garbage time and they they turn the ball over there, which is just a brutal, brutal way to to have to end when you you sort of felt like you were down early and then the Jets come back and they score 14 points in the fourth quarter to give you the opportunity to come in here and uh, and, and get a backdoor, but they end up losing uh, 45 to 30. So how about some freaking points on Thursday night football with these two teams, huh? I know it's crazy. Absolutely crazy that they were able to score that many Um, Josh Johnson intercepted first and goal at the seven Intercepted on a slant And uh, so the Colts go to uh, what they're going to be up to four and five now um, Following uh, following this one The NFL week number nine is is upon us Eric I cannot believe we're already here And for uh, for those of you who have not been joining us Make sure you come hang out on Sunday morning with uh, with fourth and inches. What's nice about when we record that show at 11 a.m. Eastern time on uh, on Sunday morning is we have a little bit more information than we do right now when we record Thursday night. We know all of the actives, all of the inactives. We've seen the way that the lines have moved basically right up until you know an an hour or two before game time. So. As a gambler, we always want to have as much information as possible, and we'll do our best to give that to you right now. But on Sunday, there are always going to be a couple other things that we just didn't know on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, the closer you get to game time, it's you know, there's more information and everything, and we're able to make you know adjustments and you know figure more stuff out. Weather is going to be a key, especially in a place like Jacksonville. Okay, Eric, uh, let us know what do you have going on this weekend with the podcast and uh, let us know where we can follow some of the content. Always the power rankings, ratings, website, uh, pod stuff, uh, free plays yeah, that you're giving out so I, much, um, man. Yeah, I, um, so me and this guy, Jason, Bully the Lines, like we're going live. I think it's we're doing it every Friday afternoon. It's only going to be 10 minutes. We're going to give two college plays we like, so that's going to be on YouTube. I'll tweet it out. Friday, uh, Saturday, my podcast comes out. You know, it'll be fantasy football, NASCAR stuff on that. Um, and then I'll be on fourth and inches. I have my fantasy football rankings, Instagram. I've been giving free stuff out on my stories. So, you know, make sure you guys check that out. You know, we've first losing day of the week is today. We had one play. It was the first half under big fat loser. But, you know, we're going to be back at it tomorrow and hopefully find some value in the NBA. Eric, buddy, thank you so much, man. Uh, I think next week we will uh, we'll probably jump into um, our some of our quarterback rankings. We were talking about that too, and and how we would kind of stack them up. So maybe we can look at like more than halfway through the season because, man, the more and more I look through these quarterbacks, there just are so few that I'd feel really confident with. There's just like a handful of 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 guys that I'd want to go to battle with. Yeah, I mean that's. It's funny though because there's only like 32 people in the world that can do it. And think about like, that, right? And it's like, and there's not even. So you're telling you're telling me there are only like 15 to 20 people in the world that can actually do this job. And that's it's just mind-boggling. It's absolutely, positively it is mind-boggling. Like who you'd want? Like, are you doing like a last-second drive? Yeah, you know, like if you want someone who you're confident in to get you a score, last second drive, and we're not even talking about how rookie contracts or those things come into play, but once you get past the Tom Brady, Rodgers, Mahomes, you know, and and however you feel about 
some of the uh, you know Kyler Murray, Lamar's. At least what's nice about them is that they've got the legs to be able to move the like move the sticks if they need to. If you need to go get one score, those guys can help you do it. But once you get past seven, eight, maybe ten, it's just it all comes down to personal preference. It just yep. oh I like this guy a little bit better than this guy for whatever reason. But it's just it's like pulling straws at that point. Yeah, I mean I got. I uh, just quickly just did it in my head and yeah, I got like seven, maybe eight. Right. So that, that <laughs> that's what's funny is like that's kind of why I think I'm less hard on Baker because I in my head I keep playing this out and going, well, I sure would be better off with him than a Sam Darnold or a, a, like some of the really really bad ones. Um, but yeah, after. After that top tier, you know, like Burrow's a stud, right? They're having Burrow right now, and when what he could be moving forward, like that's great shape because you get the combination of him being a young guy and him actually being really good so far on the field. But then you start getting into, okay, you know, you got Big Ben, you got Tua, you got whatever the Jets are throwing out there. Do you believe in Mac Jones? Uh, you know, whatever you wherever you stand on Baker, whence. You know where do you stand with him? Another like Houston and Jacksonville haven't had anything special from quarterback play. Herbert, very good, but he's he's had some real weaknesses against Belichick a couple times too. He's not necessarily as perfect as anybody would have assumed. Teddy is just a guy, you know. Dak Dak is very good. He's probably on that top list, but anybody else in the NFC East, you wouldn't consider there. You'd throw Rodgers there, but none of the other three teams in the NFC North have that kind of top tier quarterback. In the NFC South, you've got one. In Brady, the other three teams don't have a top tier guy, and in the NFC West, you can maybe make a case in that division for there being three guys you'd at least feel pretty good about having with Wilson, with Stafford, and with Murray. But like more than half, like around half of these teams, to maybe even more than half these teams, it's like I don't know if they're if they there's not a situation like I wouldn't want to be in their situation needing to trust that quarterback to go win them a game. Yeah, I mean, like, when you, like, look at it and actually feel, like, write down on a piece of paper, like, hey, these are the guys I'd be comfortable with. I mean, I'd come up with, come up with about eight, nine, maybe mm-hmm. ten, you know, somewhere like in that next facility. group of, like, there's four or five guys that, if my team is really good, they'd probably be fine. If I have a mm-hmm. good offensive line and I have some good weapons, then, yeah, I would trust them, but, ah, man, it'll be a fun conversation to have, and you start looking at the uh, the quarterback play, it's Quarterbacks and kickers. It's like there are tw- there are only twenty people in the world that can do this. Really, there's oh, not like just... there's not more of them because I, I feel so different about the NBA. Right? I, to me, I still feel like maybe some of the best players in the world are playing in the streets somewhere that, that you never see. You know, and and maybe some of these players that didn't get the opportunities, but ah, who knows? There there's some bad quarterback play out there, and uh, we'll continue to talk about that with Eric next week. We'll see how these QBs do over the weekend. Eric, man, thank you so much, buddy. Again, really appreciate you uh, you helping out, and uh, you've been such a big part of this show. Our numbers are just doing great. We've had a really good couple months, and you know everybody knows that when they tune in each and every week, they're gonna they're gonna hear from you, uh, whether it be you know covering basketball. You helped us out with it, when our weekly segments, and uh, and then when it comes to football, I think not that we don't like talking about the other sports, but. The, the people who listen probably can tell that we're pretty football nerdy we're, with how long we'll go sometimes and just how excited we'll get to talk about some of the matchups and some of the games. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I'm, I, my girlfriend will tell you, like, she's like, what you told me before I got into dating you, I didn't believe you, but is right. 100% you, true. You <laughs> like, at least you warned me, right? Like, like I'll, I'll like, never I say you lied to me. 
she's like i didn't believe you but now since i'm seeing it i should have believed you but yeah you know it's 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 just what i do it's just you know who you and i are and you know we like doing it we make money doing it so you know keep why doing got- it and try to help you guys make some money along the way yeah, that's why we. That's why we've got along, uh, and uh, and that's why, uh, yeah, we've uh, we've teamed up and done some very good work along the way. I, I much appreciate it, man. Keep kicking ass over there, and uh, I look forward to talking to you on uh, on Sunday. If we don't talk before then, make sure to tune in to uh, Fourth and Inches with us on Sunday morning. We go at 11 a.m. Eastern time. You can follow at BTV Bets on Twitter. You can follow me. It's me, Gino B, and we will have a video that just streams right from Twitter. As soon as 11 a.m. Eastern time hits. The video stream will start And it's usually me and Eric And Beho And then combination Sometimes it's Blackjack Sometimes it's Mantis Sometimes it's Leo I think Jack Fitzpatrick from DRF Sports Might join us on a couple of these streams coming up And uh, we just bounce all around We share our thoughts We get you all set up for all of the Sunday football games And uh, we want to help you make some money out there So Eric buddy Thank you so much man Have a great weekend Thanks you too dude Don't go anywhere folks We will continue on here with plenty more On this episode of That's What G Said Already gonna be into NFL Week 10 That just doesn't feel real That the season is moving along that quickly We're gonna move along and talk some wrestling In just a moment before we do We're gonna talk about Cindy Carava Full service realtor The website C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com That's where you can find out all of the information there All of her listings Uh, There are a bunch of reviews on Yelp and Zillow Now as a full service realtor That means she can help you out in many different ways Like buying, selling, leasing She can help connect you with the, the right kind of vendors if you're looking for uh, for home improvement like Gardeners, landscapers, painters People that she's used in her own homes Maybe you're looking uh, to get some help with uh, a loan She'll connect you with the right type of lenders That will get you pre-approved for that loan And help you along the process there Cindy is one of the kindest, most genuine people you will ever meet She's going to help you with things that are sometimes difficult, stressful A lot of little things that might not be on your checklist let Cindy Carava take care of all that for you C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A.com And that is Cindy Carava We're going to move along and get into wrestling with Chad Cooper Chad joins us again as we bounce all around AEW We head over to WWE and talk some Monday Night Raw and some SmackDown We discuss the most recent episode of NXT On This Week in Wrestling with Chad Cooper Here it is folks Fight of the night, and trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. It's time to talk some wrestling with Chad Cooper We're going to bounce all around and talk everything happening in AEW, WWE, and NXT All the news in wrestling uh, We were just talking a little bit uh, be- before we jumped on about Ring of Honor Unfortunately things aren't going all that well over there for them And over uh, in AEW, which I guess we can kind of start there Because there's been a lot of news uh, about AEW in the last couple of days John Moxley, who we knew from WWE as Dean Ambrose who from The Shield John Moxley, who went over and was the world champ for there for a while, and who is a major player on their show. He's on TV all the time. He is someone who's treated like a a top top player. 
Um, John just recently uh, announced that he has to take some time off. Actually, it was Tony Khan that announced it. He said that John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he's entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John's a beloved member of the AEW family. We all stand with him and Renee and all of his family and friends as he shifts focus to his recovery. John's making a very brave choice to get help. We're embracing his choice, supporting him however we can. I'm proud to call John a friend, and like many of you, I'm also a fan of Mox. I'm looking forward to a time in the future when he is eventually ready to return to the ring. Until then, thank you for supporting John and respecting his privacy at this time. And then uh, he posted about the, a hotline there. So this came out, and there was a, a actually mentions on uh, on AEW Dynamite about this, and in in how they treated and responded to this it is sort of very different to, in something that WWE would have done now i think a lot of this comes down to the person itself who is going through this Mo- john moxley obviously felt comfortable enough with this being shared if he was someone that didn't want this being shared then this is a different story they have to figure something else out and 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 why john's not there but aw uh, a lot of things I don't like uh, Or think they could do a little bit better Or think that maybe they get some credit for That and things are okay That gets talked about like the greatest things of all But they do When real stuff hits them They do handle it pretty well Coop And they I think by just we're, we're a pr- They know that their fan base Is mainly A lot of internet wrestling fans Like pretty smart wrestling fans And that they know what's going on behind the scenes They know a lot of these people And so if you tried to write him out in a storyline or tried to just not act like this was actually something happening, they, um, I think, I don't know how it would have been, uh, taken. I actually like the fact that they just kind of go head on when real, when real stuff happens. What did you think about how they handled all the Moxley stuff last night? Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. Um, unfortunately, you know, these type of stories we are in, and it's, a it's 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 in an entertainment industry that we've become accustomed to unfortunately a negative uh in the professional wrestling world we've heard about these stories and they don't end well um the positive thing about this is uh you know him reaching out and getting help himself without others yeah. and i don't know that we don't know the you know the details but that that is you know it, it it takes a lot of work. It, takes it does. A lot of it's guts and a it's impressive. It's, it's impressive. It's very impressive to admit that you have any any problems in this world, not just you know an addiction problem, but any Especially, type of problem in this world. People people keep it within side. You know, and think about what and, it just did for him. You know, it's someone that he is a, a a major star in a big company that's very hot. He's on TV all the time. Who and just about where he was going? Who knows? He, he seemed like he might have been in line. For a title shot coming soon and a big a big sort of heel turn on the way. He was getting a little edgier with his character, but to be able to understand that, hey, I've got a family now. I've got a young I've got a kid now. And I, I gotta I've gotta get control of this stuff before it controls me. And we've seen way too many people in this industry uh leave us far, far too early at, at far yeah. at way too young. And so I, I thought that. You know, an AEW Dynamite last night. We can kind of start with AEW since we're uh, we're talking AEW. I thought they did the fact that they just address things. You know, Punk, Punk. This was a very good. You know, we've given Punk some crap too. This was a good promo from Punk because it was a lot of like 
it, it didn't feel BS and fun and fluffy It was just very real And we know that Punk For Punk being someone who is uh, is a, a straight edge person I'm sure he even mentioned that he was happy and proud of, of John Like I, I think this is probably something that hit home to him And, and something that he this, this wasn't part of the storyline I'm sure he wanted to go out there and say these kind of things Yeah, and uh, it's you said it you know, moments ago, AEW does a fantastic job dealing with this. And, and I think, you know, each company has their own ways uh, of, you know, uh, of, of dealing with personal and private matters. And some guys, some guys and girls want it kept secret. Some don't, but exactly. They do a fantastic job with it as much heck as we give them for their dynamite shows and, and their, in some of the matches, like we do, do for WWE, with, you know, storyline stuff, you know, storyline stuff. Absolutely. You know, or some, some things with the rating stuff we kind of laugh at and roll sure. our eyes and stuff, but sure. any, any of the real stuff, uh, the stuff that happened with, uh, with Brody and, um, yeah, real life stuff, they've been, they've been on top of it and, yep. and, and they, they've handled it with, with a lot of class and dignity. Absolutely. And I think this was Punk's best promo. It goes I back agree. to Saturday night. You mentioned um, and you kind of teased about this. I, I kind of teased it. I, I yep. think I, I this this was a better. Um, they only had five matches on Dynamite, but I thought this is the re- a, a better version of Punk that we've seen mm-hmm. since he signed with AEW, and now that he has a direction to go in with Eddie Kingston, I think uh, things will pick up with him and and be a lot easier to watch. I agree. It just feels like there's a little more purpose now with him and 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 that. This this recent promo might have been one of the catalysts that kind of sparks him and gives him a little more passion than the "Hey guys, how we doing?" Punk. And that, sometimes it takes that. You know? Exactly. Sometimes it takes a situation like that. Something a little emotional. It, it happens in acting with people all the time for actors. It's something emotional that you can kind of call back on, or just something to think about. And maybe this is something that kind of stirs him up a, a little bit, and he understands now that oh, hey, Moxley was maybe going to get a kind of a, a elevated on the card. I need to be. Now more in the main event picture than I've where I've been kind of messing around in in some of these matches that yeah, don't that's a good a lot. point. That's you know? a good point because we do not know how long Moxley. This is not a quick fix. No, you know? and this isn't it, like a, oh not. tomorrow and th- there's no time. It's not and oh he's back in know, two weeks. You, weeks. you don't know how long he's going to be out. It could be months, a year. You don't know. We no, no one knows. No clue. You know? And I and I think they you know it was going to be Moxley and and Brian Danielson. Uh, in the finals of this tournament, but I I think they picked the right guy too in Miro in, I in replacing him. I, I, I think agree. they did a really good job with that. For to, so right off the bat, they actually mention uh, they give some support to to John Moxley. We had Kenny Omega beating um Alan uh, Alan Angles here, and no, I mean nothing nothing spectacular. But after the match, they he tries to attack, and Hangman comes out, and so they continue to set up. He's got to win this thing, right? Ten days. <laughs> Ten days. It's Ten. close. Ten days is what he said. I, you know, he has to win the title. I, I, I understand. I didn't like the, the part that he's still kind of milling around with the dark order a little bit. Yeah. But, I, I mean, this is this is what we what we want, and I think this is what we're gonna get because a second defeat, the Hangman on a pay per view. It's it's hard to think that Hangman recovers from this. So I no, I, de- I definitely think this is uh, it, it full gear. This we have a, we have a new AEW World Champion. 
So you uh, you mentioned Miro as Miro is going to be filling in. He's going to face Orange Cassidy in the World Tiger Eliminator Tournament. He keeps uh, his his gimmick with God. You know, it, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. And like you said, I think this was the right decision. And if you if you feel like you were trying to go with Moxley as maybe a heel, and you were looking for someone, let's say they're they're kind of playing it out in their head that Hangman Page wins the title, and they're looking for a a heel that. You know, Hangman that can be credible for Hangman. Well, maybe that's maybe that's Miro. Yeah, it, it, look, it, it's a buzzkill. Uh, you know, it is. I, everyone would like Moxley and 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 Brian Danielson, but Miro is a guy that got built up after six months with AEW and uh, w- with this quote unquote TV championship that he had, and then he's kind of just kind of floated in the wind a little bit and hasn't been relevant. And this, you know, it, it's uh, someone mentioned it. Uh, on social media and then another podcast, it is interesting now that how AEW is going with a lot of these WWE guys. I was going to say, that's a lot of W. Rusev, Debray, and Moxley all were in the mix all there together. That's I I was just thinking the same. Look, they have to work somewhere previously, right? But it is kind of interesting. But no, look, this this is a good spot for Miro, and they will have one. There's a big size difference. But I think this will be a fantastic match in full gear. So the Bucks and Cole um, sort of continuing on with the uh, the Jurassic Express stuff. There's nothing that's that's bad about this, but it's starting to kind of feel. And I, I've seen this mentioned in a few spots, a little WWE ish, and it that is. it's just kind of yeah. continued on for a while in just yeah, little yeah. different combinations two on two three on three one on ones we find a seen them all in different spots i like all of them individually i think it's just time for them to move on yeah it's it, what what haven't i don't know the end result here is going to be the super click's going to go over correct you would think i, I just don't know I, I mean what match now is 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 going to be sufficient at full gear for us to even I don't know, man. It's yeah. I, I'm with you. It's a little boring right now. Yeah, with them. I think until we get the uh, the start, the, the the cracks there, where we're hopefully we get the Adam Cole babyface yeah. turn. Yeah, you know, and yeah. Kenny Omega loses the title maybe, and then he starts going crazy and, and gets furious, and you know, and, and then you know, Cole stands up to him, something like that. That could that's where we'll we'll start to get. I'll start to get a little bit more interested as um, we continued on. So the inner circle. They uh, announced that. Uh, okay, so we talked a little bit about the match. You know, we we talked about. It. I thought uh, Van Zant actually did okay. You know, out there, she she didn't do terrible, and like just kind of going back and forth with Jericho. This this is going to be fine. I'm not super excited about it. It could be. Is I don't think the we've talked about this a few different times. I don't think that this America's top team is the draw that. AW or Con may think they are They're not horrible They're not it's like turn off the TV Go away bad they're just eh, They're a fine part of the show um, I guess Jericho's Been a little sort of uninteresting I think after the, <laughs> after the M- MJF stuff because normally he's yeah. Really entertaining and for a long A long time a lot of our recaps him and MJF Were things that we really liked we were interested In he was always doing really good work I don't know if it's just maybe you've you sort of felt you like you've seen him do a lot of things. Maybe he's getting a little older and his matches aren't quite as good. But um, yeah, where do you stand with all this stuff happening? I, I I don't think anyone really cares if it's Junior Dos Santos or Andre Arvlosky 
or anyone relevant in the UFC right now. I, I just, I've never been a big fan of that. Lambert is cutting fantastic promos. I just, I don't know if a lot of fans really care about that. I, I did, I did like the what the Road Warriors line that 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 he had in there. I thought Paige Van Zant this week was pretty entertaining. Of Me too. I was pretty I surprised. She. she, she yeah, it's hard to go out there on live, like, you know, with, and cut a it promo, is. especially with someone like, and that's not necessarily something that she's done a bunch, right? She, she doesn't cut promos what in, in, in no. what she's done. She does some social media stuff, but she's not really someone who's live cutting promos like that. I was pretty impressed. Yeah, I was, I was impressed. I really don't know what this does um, to the, to the pay-per-view. Uh, we have a Minneapolis street fight. Um, the problem is we've seen the inner circle in so many crazy street fight situations um, I, over the last year that nothing new here. And I, this is not bringing um, any mainstream attention. I don't think ESPN is no. going to be over this. I think no. Junior Dos Santos, who, you know, several years ago was the heavyweight champion in the UFC. But, I, I mean, I think he's going to try professional boxing now after this. This, this just really – you know, I hate to agree with you a lot. You know, I know people want to hear us, you know, disagree. Yell, a lot, yell and one, scream. Every yeah. now and then we will. But, yeah. I mean, we're one, smart yeah. guys. We're just intelligent yeah, yeah, we folks. You know? We, <laughs> we get paid big bucks for this. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know, again, I don't know. It, it, I'm with the with you with the Super Click Jurassic Express Christian Cage. I don't know what the ending of that is. We do know what the ending of this is, and I don't really know what it does to the inner circle. I, I just, I'm really not into the inner circle anymore. I think it's no. time for those guys to do their own thing and I agree. And, and be done with it. And hopefully after this, we can we can be done with it. And we got a uh, Jamie Hater beating Anna J to advance to the uh, the next round of the TBS title tournament. And so in the in you know, at at some point, I'm sure she will up turn on Brit, or you know that that'll be a a direction they go. The the uh, just something to mention from Rampage last week, there was a a, a Brit match that just was not very good with Abaddon uh, on there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I like the presentation of Abaddon at times. You know, she's just a different sort of character, and I like the idea of of, of how she goes. In it just there were a few they couldn't break the table there were some really like I got an awkward spot and we're big fans of Brit like I think Brit oh, does absolutely. a really good I love Brit I think she does a great job and and a lot of the she's very much improved in the ring and and with most opponents she does a pretty good job but the last couple the Ruby match wasn't all that fantastic yeah and and this one sort of the last couple of her bigger matches that I can, can kind of remember weren't all that great uh, character work. Still doing a really good job, but she, I don't know, she feels maybe a little bit less hot uh, in like a buzzworthy way than she was a month or two ago. 100%. Um, you know, I saw a couple of people say, well, you know, if you watch New Japan, their tables never break. Well, I don't watch New Japan, and I don't think a lot of people watch New Japan and even care about tell. Look, who cares? Make the who, tables who, that break. Get the WWF table, E tables, you know what I mean? Get different. I, I thought it was a. I Give thought it those was a, tables. Oh, yeah. You know, gimmick the tables. We all know that they're gimmick tables. Come on. Um, yeah. I I thought the presentation of that rampage match was fine because it was Halloween weekend. Me too. Uh, it's cool. Brit's facial that- expressions are amazing. She she does a really good job. Fast forward to to this match. Um, I think it's interesting 
you know, and we've kind of been talking about it, what we've heard, what's going to happen at the beginning of January, you know, with with Britt. And it looks like, you know, her and Thunder Rosa will get back into it. Well, if if Wednesday night wasn't an indication of that, then I don't know what is because, you know, Thunder Rosa makes the save. So that tells you, you know, that's where it's going with. And she's out of action for a little bit because she took a nasty spot from Nyla Rose and is concussed. But, you know, I'm just I'm not sold on this TBS championship tournament right now. I I think it look, it was kind of like the NXT tournament they had, you know, I was excited about it and Queens of the Ring. Look, I was excited about it and it just hasn't been hasn't delivered. No, it hasn't delivered. But, you know, the problem is Britt has buried everyone, literally. Well, she's so much. She's so much more. Because okay, Ruby comes in, and and there were one or two of the promos that Ruby cut where I was like, oh okay, you know what? She sort of feels like she she can kind of go back and forth with Britt, and because she was new, we hadn't seen her in the ring get not get buried, but just lose and not look strong. And then sure. when she taps out, yes, there was some interference in that match, sure, but that shouldn't have been how she lost. She you want to have her get rolled up or pinned because of the interference or something. But the tap out thing, I don't know. She just seems like she lost steam. And when you look around the women's division, there's just nobody else that feels even close. No, like Jade no. Jade is the only one from like a charisma standpoint. That feels like, and Jade isn't even ready to go back and forth on the mic or even in the ring with Britt quite yet. Because if she was, they would have done that. But nobody else feels like they're even in her league. No, and, and unfortunately, Ruby Soho is losing on Dark and in, in Dark Elevation. Not that she's getting pinned. I saw she was in a tag match and with someone, and they lost. I, there's not really. I, I think they're. They're going back to the Thunder Rosa card. Why in the hell they haven't signed? Disclaimer: I'm in love with her. Um, Chelsea Green. And I know that angle. Those two were on the Indies together. They a were team. in as a tag team. That look, Chelsea could come in. They that is just she. Chelsea they, has she's more on the buzz. Magazines right on now. her by herself, just with her and and Cardona on what, on social what her media. And Cardona have done. Look, I talked to Chelsea over the weekend last weekend and her getting fired from the WWE was the greatest thing that's happened to her career yep. this year. Yep. And, and, and but anyway, I know we're getting out. You, no, you know, no. No, but you're right. That's the kind she's at least got she's got the it factor that unfortunately, I'm not if saying she can that she work in the ring. She yeah, and that, I'm not worker. saying that she's none of these girls in AEW will get there. But they're just not there right now with the combination of they're not quite ready or their characters aren't completely fleshed out. Like Ty Conti, for example. She, yeah. You know? Yeah. She, look, that's going to be a fine match. But she's improved. Yeah. She's very cute. She's got a great personality. A lot of people love her. On Like she just seems like she's a good baby face. But I don't. You know, I don't she's like not sticking titles on people just because, right? No, no, so, and she's not so Britt, quite there. Britt's got to keep this title. Britt's Absolutely, keep the title. And look, Chelsea's not signed anywhere. Yeah, she works Ring of Honor. What's left there? She works NWA. She works Impact. She's not signed anywhere. You know, you you could you could bring her in. Look, she worked. Look, her and Britt were a part of this fantastic pay per view of AEW, their first ever event, and that I just. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's yeah. going on there. I, I really don't. But but it looks like we're going with Britt and Thunder Rosa. It, it really does look that way. Um, maybe Jade improves somewhat, but that's why she has a mouthpiece with her. She yeah. has the look. I don't think she's ready. But it just that women's division is just. I mean, look, your best matches were Riho and 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 some of these others. Uh, it, when we're talking about Serena Deeb and stuff. We shouldn't be talking about them because they're not in the title picture right now. Britt Baker yeah. is your champion and bring somebody in or, or make it relevant again because her buzz is gone right now. I hate to say it, but Britt's pop's gone right now. It's, it's a little cold. Uh, Cody Andrade. Andrade gets the win. Um, so I like that they're giving a little bit more to Andrade. But what what seems weird is that this this kind of feels like there's a, there's a lot going on. It, yeah. It's, okay, yeah. so FTR is sort of a... Aligned now with Andrade because he paid them in the tag situation, but they're also still with MJF and the other. There's this is just one of those things where I have to if I have to stop and think that hard about it, it's it's a little too much. It's a little too much going on. Yeah, especially with pro wrestling, I want it simple. Yes, Um, simple is best. There is there's there's too many get-togethers. on AEW and I didn't understand that. I just I, I'm fine with Andrade going over. I Me just too. what's happening with Cody Rhodes? This I is just weird. have no idea what's going on. This is yeah. I mean I can't figure it, it out. It's it's actually, you know, you know, it's funny. It's sort of like a car crash. Like I'm 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 like very in, interested in it in like a I can't turn away. Like it's just like, oh my gosh, what's going on over there? Kind of because <laughs> I don't know if if he's like if he's working himself. I don't know if he's being if if he's not working himself, then he is playing this character, whatever he's doing, like these these layers so freaking well. And I don't yeah. know. I don't think he is capable. I don't think very many people could be capable of that. I think there's a lot of him that. Probably looks around and goes like Why are you why would you boo me I'm a good guy what do you I do Everything nice I stepped back I'm not even the title picture I'm not triple H I don't do those things and some of those Gripes are right like some of those things you're probably look around It's like you probably really shouldn't get booed He's not someone who He's not someone who goes over everyone All the time right he doesn't Book himself to the top he's not some reigning Champ that is a guy that's Yeah part of the the EVPs but He you know, he obviously wins all the time. Right off the bat, one of the first things he did was book himself stu- in, a, in a stupid way. I'll say this. Book himself <laughs> out of the title picture. Because never having the opportunity to get yourself warmed back up and have a shot at the title, that's just, I know he thought, I'm going to elevate the uh, the TBS title or the TNT title, whatever it was. And so it, it, this is really fascinating in a weird way because it's it's starting to get, like, awkward. Yeah, like uncomfortable a little bit when you watch him because you're not sure if he's is he struggling with the fact that he's not more over or that he thinks he's supposed to be this really baby company baby face that people want to turn like want to turn on him, but he doesn't want to turn. It's it's almost (laughs) it reminds me a little bit of Roman Reigns. Sure. sure. You know, the way it was for a while with him where I think he wanted to turn. I think he would look around and say, dude, I'm following the script. And it's not working. You know, I'm doing what you're telling me. It's, it's I don't, I don't know how much. Working. Yeah, and I don't know how much Arn Anderson helps the situation. Um, you know, he's probably 
a full blown heel turn would be fantastic with Cody. I, I think he's got to do you it. Know, th- yeah, th- there's you know I think Brandy is training to return. You know, unfortunately, I, I you know she's going to wrestle again. I, I think she's doesn't need to wrestle, but no, she's I, I think- good. As, and you know what? Their their act is much as they want to be baby faces. It's know, a good man. heel act. It's a it, good it's heel in. act. It, it is because people in. already kind of just lean into it. Brandy's even kind of mentioned it before. I think I, I didn't watch the shows, but I heard somebody who was recapping one of them said that she had kind of mentioned lean in, let her be that person that everybody kind of wants to boo already. Let them sure. come out and be really fake and phony. We've seen them play that before. He just doesn't want to go back to that. I think he's going to eventually have to embrace it because that, that would, uh, that would be a good way to go, and he can he can do some of the things that he that he unfortunately doesn't want to do, and be the power hungry kind of guy in the EVP. You know what? Man. I'm putting myself in this match. Or could you <laughs> imagine if he reversed the angle and gave himself a title shot? That'd be just, fantastic, though. I oh could, my I gosh! Could buy it. Wait, I could buy that. I'd love it if for some reason he just he did it real quick, but then like the next. Episode we find out that the rest of the guys Or Tony Khan was you know they all decided You can't do that you know you know They got mad and that that would be Really good he was like no I I can make those Decisions of course I can and we see them sort of Arguing Uh, (laughs) man call me Petty Gino but when I see Cody Rhodes I I just I can't Help but look at that tattoo on his I know I hate it I hate it I'm just in the hair too Sometimes it's okay like He went for it initially but I don't know I think It's very distracting to me it is. And I'm easily distracted anyway, and I'm just. Uh, but a full hill turn here has to be coming, please. I mean, I I, I would really dig it. I would, and it's not like a hill turn with the super click. You're not involved with those people. You're on your own with Brandy. You know, just doing your thing. Give yourself a title shot. Put yourself back over and just be a dick. We uh, head from AEW over to WWE. Uh, we already spoke a little bit about uh, that main event with Miro, and so it's going to be Miro versus Brian Danielson in the uh, in the finals for that. Tr- it's the final, right? They're in the final now. Yeah, and I think AEW Rampage is actually live this Friday. I, yeah, I, it's live this Friday, and then uh, we have uh, Dynamite next Wednesday, and then it, I think we have live again next Friday, and then we have Full Gear. So pay per view, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. So no, no. Miro and and Danielson will do will do well. I think we know who's going to go over, but I think it'll be a fine match. I think it'll be a fun match too. Let's head to WWE. Let's talk a little bit about a, a SmackDown. What I liked that you kind of felt all week through through SmackDown and Raw, and maybe you agree. We could agree or disagree with some of the booking or some of the things that happened here and there, but it did feel like there were a lot of new people. Sort of put in places There were a lot of things that felt at least fresh Different Not the same over and over There were, We still get some of that But you know, the, the first thing we saw on Smackdown Is we saw a, uh, a big uh, A big moment And kind of a big segment for Shotzi Blackheart Which kind of yeah. came out of nowhere Which I, I, I liked I liked the fact that she got A great opportunity I did think it was a little weird that they had her sort of Turn, heel um, yeah. At the end yeah. But you know, so like some mixed signal mix for me. But I I do like that she was someone that you know when we're talking about the draft and we're looking at the, how that the division stacks up. You a few weeks ago, I'm not having her in the conversation of being in the ring with Sasha and Charlotte. But after this segment, which she was out there on TV for a while with them too, she feels like 
she sort of belongs in there with them now. Like it doesn't feel weird that she's going to be in a feud. It, it seems like maybe with Sasha kind of moving forward. You know what's interesting about Shotzi to see her multiple times on the indie scene and all this buzz and you know and I'm like man I just I don't get this gimmick you know I have no problems with her um, but then I, I start to get drawn and focused into her a little bit more seeing her in person seeing people in person whether it's concerts sports it does wonders for you right it just does it makes you connect with a particular thing a little bit better it, it does for me I, I you look I, I could I could shoot all over some bands or artists music and then actually see them in concert and go hmm, okay I get it and that's what it, I kind of happened with me with Shotzi and then she signs with WWE and man NXT she does fantastic then she gets called up and she's getting this tag situation but look we we talk about one one company's division AEW and how it's struggling and then we go to WWE and it's so stacked and look at Smackdown they open the show with Man, that match with Charlotte and Shotzi was really good. You know, it was, it was very like good. almost 12 minutes. And what the start of Raw, we got like 25 minutes of Becky and Bianca. We started Raw with promos, right? And then a, right into a match. So this just shows you. And you know what? People got mad had. because it was, it was, there were some, some, but that was exact. That's how that finish had to be in that match. Yes. Yeah. It's, and I usually, I usually feel-ish. don't like that. Me neither. Yes. I don't like it either, but it wasn't a, there have been too many times where they've had matches that have just ended in schmozzes or DQs. That's how a match with a heel ends a lot of the time. It does. And it does. You, and, and we like we've seen. I have no problem with that as long as Bianca continues to get built. She's in t- on TV. She's in the storylines right. and in the main event picture. It's not as if oh yeah she's now you know on uh, wrestling on on you know main event or on dark matches. That's that's not been the case at all with her. As uh, we got a uh, a million dollar fine for Brock Lesnar, I, I saw some people saying so. Uh, one appearance, <laughs> one one show, one episode, <laughs> one episode. Is that like half? You just cut his paycheck for that one in half, you know? So he only gets half he of it. Made a work job there, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I had to find a way to get uh, had to find a way to get Brock off TV for a, a little bit. So, uh, Madam Pierce, uh, yeah, cut the little uh. The, the the promo to let us know that he's going to be gone as Paul Heyman was was smiling backstage afterwards. So they hey, just how good was Paul Heyman there? In, oh in that man, segment man, when they you know how how do you respond to Brock Lesnar? Is he going to pay it? And then he talks too much, and you know he catches himself saying too much. He's so just, he's so freaking good, man. I used him, to hate. He, I, I was just. I, I didn't get attracted to ECW and all of those shenanigans, so I wasn't used to Paul E. Dangerously. Even when he came to WCW and did, like, commentary work, I'm like, okay, who is this guy? But man, oh man, what what a what a genius he is. I, I was a massive Bobby the Brain Heenan fan. Uh, he's exa- I was just going to say, that's these guys reminds me of. Who, so quick and good. And the thing about them is, yeah, they were very good in wrestling. Those guys could have been great actors, comedians, whatever, whatever kind of performer you would have, you, they could have been, 
awesome at. They were so quick witted, and the facials, like Paul, the facials that he makes, oh, the, the stuff with his eyebrows, how he can can kind of have that like Grinch kind of evil sort of smile <laughs> look, you know, where it's like he uh, kind of like Paul Bearer, oh, first yeah. angle could do that too, man. They like, they could just tell a story with their face, exactly. And uh, yeah, he he's continued to be a, a very uh, high spot on SmackDown. Uh, Drew McIntyre gets a win So they want to continue to make Drew One of the, the new uh, acquisitions By Smackdown look strong He beats Mustafa Ali here um, Nothing all what'd too great What do you think about Mustafa there After the post-match? I mean it was a squash He said the reason why you guys don't like me Is because my name is Mustafa Ali Which I don't, what do you think, I don't, what do you think I don't like that because I, I don't he, like it He specifically had mentioned a lot of times Right when he came in That he hated that kind of thing yeah, that he yeah. he'd always wanted to be a babyface, and he's really incredible in the ring with his style, and that's fine. Like you're not always just going to be able to be a babyface, so him being a heel, I don't think is a big deal. But he sure. just hated the stereotype of yeah, oh, you just I'm this the word from it. yeah evil foreigner. You know, I'm this evil heel foreigner that you and know. I don't and think that works now. Back, back no. in the nineties when we were at you know we no. talked about it with with the Iron Sheik, Sergeant Slaughter, and all yeah. those USA versus. Iran and Iraq. Oh, Russia. You could do Russia. those things. It was it was fine. That evil foreigner heel, even into the Yokozuna sure. time, like and and Japan and some app, but sure. it just it doesn't work nowadays. Yeah, Too many this people. This is a swing and miss here. I mean, look, you got to do what you got to do if they're going to put you on TV. But I, I don't think this is going to be a a base hit at all. I just don't think this is going to work. So I, I found it interesting they're going to go in that direction with him. So freaking. Uh, Xavier Woods is <laughs> he gives Kofi the pin and he names him the hand the, the hand to the king, which is just a total Game of Thrones thing. He puts the he he like he makes him kneel. He bends the knee for him. <laughs> there, I mean, this is one of those things where this is fine for a while, for a few weeks, you know, sure, the celebrating. Sure. You just want to make sure that like he can keep playing the gimmick for a while, and if he does. I want it to go one way or the like. He he. I want him to go really heal with it if he is. And it. I think. I think in just seeing like Kofi was laughing and kind of smiling and pretty into it. But I think you know we should start to see the uh the like the cracks in a, in like a week or two where Kofi kind of gives him maybe a look or two like huh you know like if yeah, he's I, making. I was hoping I was hoping we would see some of that in the main event. Jack Me match. too. I was hoping we we Me were too. because Xavier is just a smart ass dude. He's kind of cocky now. And uh, I, 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 I'm with you again. I'm with you. I, I, I want to see one of the New Day guys. New Day guys turn. I yeah. do. I it's got to be kinda, Xavier right now. They it's got to be. It. I think they teased it on Raw with even Big E a little bit with Kevin Owens. I thought that was kind of their the ending of Raw could have been okay. There, there's some Big E stuff there that could turn. But man, I, I would think Xavier. That that's a that's a that's a proper fit in there with him. That, that, that would that gimmick I, I could get into and have him and Kofi do a series of matches and build that up. That's a good little pay per view match for me. It is. That would that would be great. And having them dangle even like we said with Big E, maybe the fact yeah, that yeah. somebody could get a match against Big E or some sort of a some something you know for the crown. You know, yeah, have him rest, sure. dangle the crown and Xavier like. What this you know how much this means to me <laughs> I, You're gonna take the crown from me Yeah you know this like I could see Xavier would really have some fun with it So a couple more weeks of them 
having a good time and celebrating, and then you know, like let's see them start to uh let you know Xavier getting a little too full of himself. Um, yeah, we've mentioned the Happy Corbin Madcap Moss stuff. I I'm not I'm just not a fan of this gimmick, and no, I was such anymore. a fan of where Corbin was before, and I've actually liked Corbin a lot for most of his, but this is definitely like just. It's annoying to me. I, I, I don't just, know what Madcap Moss does to this. This bad joke telling thing. This this needs to be. This is like NXT stuff. And I'm not downgrading. And I'm not picking on NXT because I love that episode. I, I look. I, I like this relaunch of NXT 2.0. But, but, but it's this like something that fit. they're trying. They're, NXT yes. does feel like there are some things on the show that they're trying out. They're going to see how it goes, and then yes. it works, it doesn't, and they're new. We You give them a little bit more leeway. The fact that this stuff makes it up there and that, that they, like, tweaked the character that he had before, which was so good for yes. this thing. And, and, was, and I don't like Shinsuke losing now every week. Me neither. He, I know it's a he tag was, match. But man, he was hot when he got the crown from Corbin. And Boogs and him were yeah, coming out Boog- singing, sure. dancing on the tables and stuff. This is And I kind of feel like they're even they've even gotten called. And Boogs and, and Pat McAfee are, you know, I could watch that every week, but that even feels cold to me now. Yep. We uh we had uh, Naomi uh, and Shayna and the, the Sonya stuff. So um yeah, this I'm is okay little, with this. Me I'm too. Okay I like this. That. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued by this. I like where this is going, and I, I hope this kind of continues on. Obviously, we want to see Naomi get her comeuppance at some point uh, over, uh, over Sonya, and um, that was a uh, that was SmackDown. As we bounce on over to Raw, and again, we mentioned already that match that opened things up. We get the promo before we get the Raw women's title match. We go about thirty minutes by the time that this thing is over. After everything, Becky gets the win. She's cheap. Win again, handful of tights. She she gets the roll up, and so uh, she celebrates after. There is a moment. I think you sent it to me. The tweet that she after the match, she's out. She's down like outside of the ring, and one of the fans <laughs> yells like, "Becky, your baby's so cute!" And she screams back, "Of course she is. She's mine." Or like something like <laughs> yeah, something like that, yeah. right? She. Of course she is. She, I she's I take she takes after me. It was just <laughs> so good. quick, and it, it was, was just so a good. random person. So it wasn't like she had this line planned yeah, she out had to answer her. Right? They normally yeah. She was all flustered too. She just wrestled a thirty-minute yeah. match, and she's all there enough to be able to hear this woman pick her up and respond to her fantastic. that quickly. That was just it was great. Really good. And, and look, I'm normally I normally crap all over these gimmick finishes, but I think this was needed in this spot. It, it still look you gave them 19, 20 minutes for a match that's that we normally don't get on Raw. I mean, I love the start of Raw. I love they did the promos. I'm a promo guy. You build the match up, boom, you go into it. Um, I, I think it did a, a pretty solid rating for Monday night. Um, yep. It was up, so I, I think this was good, and it keeps it keeps you you protect Bel Air another week. My question is, how much longer are we going with Becky and Bel Air? Yeah, you got to find something a little different, and I think it looked like they did right. Liv Morgan, they did. yeah. Which I, again, I, I this like is this spot. me I too. And they booked Liv. That's you know, the problem. It's now, just have a little bit of a little bit more foresight, and just don't have Liv kind of lose. In some weird spots recently, if you're gonna Carmella make, with this stupid mask stuff, 
She doesn't have to win the queen of the ring thing. She could lose and, and have her lose just a little better and have her kept look a little stronger. I like the fact that they gonna give Liv a, a you know this is an opportunity. Yeah, who knows if who too. knows if it's a title match or she just has a match with Becky or a little bit of a feud, you know, to get herself in the picture and to just kind of steer it away from Bianca for a little bit. But that's fine. That's what you need to do. They can't just have match after match after match, segment after segment after segment together over and over and over. Um, yeah, don't don't make Liv the annoying little sister. You know no. what I'm saying? Get, no. I, and that's what it, it, it looks look, like. It, it it could be. Yeah, make her look like she can be like. She want she thinks she belongs and she's not quite ready. That's fine, but make her look like she belongs uh, with Becky. And I think Austin Theory looks like he belongs. Yeah, he does. I he, I I'm surprised. Bad, I was I was a big fan of his in the indie scene, man. Yeah, because because it, it's been a little weird with him. So when he came up, he came up around the pandemic, early in the pandemic, and and it wasn't that great. He was just sort of in it with Zelina. And their group and there wasn't a whole lot going on With him and Garza And then he went back down to NXT And it's almost like he figured out the personality thing To kind of really click Because this guy, he's got the look He can wrestle And I I like what he's doing Right now, I I like it quite a bit It's it's funny And I I feel like they, they like him a little too So seeing him Getting opportunities, yeah, it's it's in this Mysterio feud that's been going on for a little while, and we don't want to see it all too many more times with these two. But I, I'm I'm pro Austin Theory right now. I like the selfie gimmick. I, I really do. We've seen that multiple times, you know, throughout the years with WWE. Hey, everybody, look, it's Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that was fun. That really was fun. It it it, it didn't catch on. Much, but I, I really, I really liked him, Tyler Me Breeze. Too. Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. It, it just the ending felt weird. I, I'm okay with it. I just the Dominic Ray thing is not as much as we want it to happen, and it's going to happen. Something is off between them two. Mm-hmm. To me, I, I, I know that's where we're going, but to see, you know, he got the DQ because he got mad at Austin Theory. I'm perfectly fine with that because that's what needed to happen. But him and Ray, something needs to happen here. He needs to turn full-blown and attack his dad. I know Ray's not going to be the the heel here. I, I just, I'm ready for something to happen because we've been anticipating this to happen. I, I don't think we need to wait until next year. This this needs to get going here pretty soon. I think he needs to snap on Ray. I really do. Yep, I agree. And we uh, move along from Austin Theory to... The oh we got okay so Kevin Owens is kind of involved in this main event picture now with Rollins which sure. it feels a little bit in, like it's a little in, interesting um it is it, you know because Owens and, and Big E had a very good match in the main event and they you know it was sort of like a babyface match between the two of them Rollins is sticking his nose in there trying to tell. KO, hey, you know what? You help me. I'll give you a title match. You help me win this thing. And Kevin Owens like, no, nah, get out of here. I, you know, and but then Rollins gets himself involved in the match. Thereafter, the way they played it, where he was saying, hey, Biggie, look, come on, this is what happened. But Biggie's like, hey, I'm not going to be the stupid baby face here. I love that Biggie didn't just act like a dumb baby face, even right. though, even though it was kind of a little jerky what Biggie did afterwards. But <laughs> I'm. There's just layers to this and all of it with Big E and Rollins now who did a fantastic job in everything with Edge, but they've done a really nice job of making Rollins like initial putting him immediately into something else that now feels 
fresh Rollins Big E You inject Kevin Owens in there KL said something about three months Which apparently (laughs) is when his contract is up And Big E said something about Rushmore Said this ain't no Rushmore Which was the 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 stable that he was in with with basically the elite, you know, or with the with the young bucks and Adam Cole, I think where they were called Rushmore. So they were having some fun there. Um, and in this KO, I, I saw some people that were like, "Oh, Kevin Owens is getting booked really poorly." This kind of reminds me of what happened with Moxley before he went out. What are you talking about? KO is just in the main event on Raw. He's obviously in this storyline with these guys. And now he's much more relevant than he just was like for the last month or two where he wasn't doing a whole lot on SmackDown. And now he's, I think, by necessity, Raw is three hours. You need, you have Kevin Owens on there. You got to find, you have to find something to do with the guy. And why not put him in a spot like this where he really feels fresh? I don't think he's going to win the title, but. Being in this spot is not in a spot that's buried, and I think he felt. I liked what he was doing there today too. The stuff with Seth, I liked the way he was playing it after the match with Big E, where he was. I just felt like he had a. He was a little sharper the last couple month or so. There would be times where he came out, and you could see that maybe he didn't feel like he was as into what he was doing because he didn't have much. Why wouldn't he be excited to be in the main event and have a a main event match on Raw with Big E, who he obviously likes? And get to be on the show multiple times, cutting promos in the involved in the top storyline. It's a great place for him to be. Yeah, that makes no sense. I, I don't remember Moxley being in the main event before AEW <laughs> marks. Yeah. I mean, he was Moxley was 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 joked out. It was joked to out. Everybody, of WWE. remember he was everyone. just cutting silly jokes and just kind of sitting around and and, and changing stuff. Kevin Owens, and look, I'm not crapping on Moxley. Kevin Owens is the machine, man. I mean, yeah. that guy's promos, his wrestling. Uh, you could go him and Seth that are going to have banger-type matches, him and Big E. And look, main event, you got 13 minutes. I, I don't see how this is bad booking here. This is fantastic booking, in my opinion. This is new. I think you could go him and Rollins. And I, I yeah. think they could go him and Rollins, too. I that's 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 crazy. I, I look, I know they want Kevin Owens, and I guess he would be Kevin Steen or who, whatever it is, uh, again in AEW. Which then it would just become comical that they're signing all these WWE guys. But uh, this yeah. is I, this I is like interesting it. to me. I, me too. I, book me in that. Book me in that position. I'd love exactly. It. I exactly, and I so I, I do like the pairing of of Zelina and Carmella. I think they sort I like of. The English, I like the British accent. Me too, is, and I like. I was, I was, I'm marked out for that. So everything that these two are doing together, I'm fine with. I just I, and I don't like what they're doing and what they've done with Rhea and Nikki and they, and these two were in the world title picture not that long ago. They're both just ice cold right now, and they had a match that Zelina and Carmella end up winning, and that's fine. But they they do this with every tag team where. They'll get one of the women for two weeks. They'll build them up. They'll have them win, and then they'll do nothing with them afterwards. They don't treat it like a really strong division or like a really strong title. They don't really give them matches and or length of matches that are that are all that good. So mixed feelings because I like the fact that Zelina is winning. I like that she's able to like cheat and use some of her weapons and stuff. That feels like something that makes makes a lot of sense. And Carmella and her together, great. Just 
figure out some a, a better way to use Rhea and even Nikki. You know, it, it, I think Rhea in particular is one that just it, it's a bummer because she feels like she should be much higher on the card and, and much more relevant than she is. This is why I don't like adding so many titles to a company because yep. it just seems it, it what may be somewhat of a good idea and got buzz in the beginning. Hey, we're adding a women's tag team titles and I'm all for that. I'm, I'm not, look, don't give me that message and that email or, or that there don't at me that I, that I'm crapping on women's titles. It, it's the no. same with men's. What I'm saying is these women's tag team titles have been bad, have been poorly booked since day one. Just just look at Nia and Shayna, how bad they, they were booked. Uh, um, who was next? Natty and Tamina. They were poorly booked as champions. Rhea and, and Nikki have been poorly booked as tag team champions. And I, I, I'm with you. I love Zelina and Carmella as a, a pair. I love Zelina in this gimmick. They have done poorly by Rhea and Nikki. This is bad. A couple other things to mention from Raw. Uh, Finn Balor picks up a win. Just trying to build him back up after he's lost a couple recently. So kind of stack a few a few wins for him. May, uh, remind everybody that that uh, Finn uh, is going to be uh, a legit, uh, you know, main eventer or at least a top of the card kind of guy. Um, Street Profits, Rude and Ziggler. Ziggler and Rude end up getting the win there. So they've been giving them a little bit more of a of a push lately and so I'm sure we'll probably get, you know, a, a, another uh look at them in the the tag team title uh picture and in uh, the tag team title scene. They're really good too. I have no qualms about this. I'm a Not at all. Dolph Ziggler fan. I, I I like Bobby Roode. This is this is good. So yeah, I, look again, you know, when they had the SmackDown tag team titles, they they were irrelevant and and I I don't like that, but I do like that they have been on Raw TV since coming over. Damian Priest with the like a, a new, match. I know with yeah. like a new badass and for uh, everybody laughs at T Bar because of the name and the retribution stuff. Remember, this was Dijak who is legit. This guy could go. He was a big free agent signing. He is a very very good talent, and this was probably the best performance from him. And there's there's a new kind of meanish streak to to Priest that. Feels like something that was told by Vince, you know, be the pit bull or show me that aggressive, <laughs> show me that aggressive side to you, you know, and, and that's what we're sort of getting here with him. But he's been really good recently. He's kind of like taking that place that Sheamus had for a while, giving us those yeah. really hard hitting matches on Raw. Uh, this was a fantastic match, hard hitting, thirteen minutes, solid. Uh, I, I like Damian Priest. I like T Bar. Give me more of this. I, I do. I, I like what they've done with Priest. It got a little interesting there. It got a little soft uh, after Mania. Um, and then they gave him the title and his run with Sheamus. Uh, we, we got away from that. Uh, I, I'm for this. This is big boy wrestling here. There should be no complaints about that. We head on over to NXT 2.0. We talked already about all the main event stuff that happened with Big E and, uh, and KO and, uh, and Seth as the NXT 2.0 um, opens up with Bandy. <laughs> toxic, toxic attraction. I gotta say this this presentation has been very good, and I like what they've been able to do. Is they were sort of able to inject EO into this now as the one that's going to be opposite of Mandy. You'll probably have Raquel 
you know, in Dakota, you can put Raquel over sort of a, a little bit with Dakota, as we saw Dakota pick up a win um, against uh, Cora Jade just after this. But I, I like this group. They're not. Are they perfect? Toxic Attraction? Are they a complete finished product right now? No, but they seem like something. And some the, the girls are improving every week. This is the best version of Mandy Rose that we've seen. She sort of found her footing. Someone who's always had talent. I think she's better in the ring than people give her credit for. The three of them are, and and this is going to build to a, a six woman tag match uh, coming up. Yeah, she was always with Sonya Deville, you know, in tag matches and tag matches. I, you, you don't get a lot of time to shine in tag matches, and I, I think I know she's really enjoying this. You know, I, I listened to her on a podcast a couple of days ago talking about how she's just she's embraced this and and wanted this. Since becoming a professional wrestler And she loves it and, and look, I like the fact that Toxic Attraction Is not perfect I like that, I think that's what gives them um, Even more of an edge that I agree aren't It's kind of rough, they're kind of raw And yeah. I like that, I think that hey, Look, they're jumping people in the locker room I think that, look, it feels real And look, again, I'm not talking negatively about this but those who are indie wrestling fans are to like this because this kind of feels indie-ish to me. I like it. It, it. It's raw and rough around the edges. And then, hey, look, they're three talented human beings. And, and look, they're knockouts. They're attractive people. So what more wouldn't you want from a group than this? And I, I think they're doing a fantastic job with it. Again, I like the fact they're not perfect. Uh, yeah, Dakota gets the win over Jade, who uh, has, has been looking feisty there. Um, sure. And, and uh, the I think they'll they'll both be okay moving forward. You want to get Dakota a couple uh, a couple wins now after she hasn't been uh, around for a while. Um, we okay. I laughed at part of this so hard. I text you during <laughs> as I was watching this the the Robbie Stone stuff. So Robert Stone's out there and. He calls out Quint, Zion Quinn because Quinn embarrassed him. He says Qu- Zion is jealous of him, and he he's out there in his purple romper, right? <laughs> and and so Robbie St- Robert Stone, I always want to call him Robbie E. Robert Stone, yeah. it, he tells the DJ to hit the music, <laughs> and he starts <laughs> dancing and rapping, and I, it was so funny. I was really, really Ooh. laughing. It wasn't like, and and then compared that to what we saw afterwards when Zion <laughs> Quinn tried to sing "Sexy Boy" and <laughs> attempted, and I was like, "What the?" It was like a double turn after that yeah. for me. I was like, yeah. "I'm supposed to root for this guy? He was terrible. He had no rhythm. He couldn't sing." Robbie E. We're supposed to laugh at. He was actually. He was so good and he's so freaking like tan and just he's in the purple romper and that made me laugh. The second part of it when Zion Quinn started doing was freaking awful. But it was that's sort of what NXT is sometimes right now. And that's sort of what I'm okay with it being that way. We know that's what it is. We're still going to get really good in ring work and we're going to have some of these segments that are really funny and that do hit. And then other ones like this. Half of it was great, and then the back half of it, I was like, what the hell is yes. Zion Quinn doing? That was that was mortified. Uh, look, I, I was a massive Robbie E fan. It's funny to hear Matt Cardona. He, he still, 
to this day says that Robbie E stole his gimmick and that's he's been living his gimmick and I think that's pretty funny. Um I, Robbie E doing it. Hey, this is for Frankie Monet. <laughs> it's like some of the stuff he does, he needs to be on TV every week. Look, I, I, you know, it, even if it doesn't turn into something silly, I mean, he's great he's, on the mic. He should know? at least be Jimmy Hart of a, of a yes, manager on yes. the main event, on the main Good roster. Point. Or if you don't want him to be in the ring, you know what's funny? He should be the gimmick that Adam Cole gimmick that everybody said sure. that they wanted Adam Cole to be yeah. the manager gimmick. You know what I mean? Like, that's, if, yeah, that's if good. you don't want him to be in the ring himself, this guy is just far too talented not to use more and more. He's funny. Um, I don't. I I kind of feel mixed about these poker room segments. What, what do you yeah. think about these? Yeah. Like, yeah. they're not bad. I like that they're they're trying some things, and it. And I like Grimes, so I, like most of the time I'm laughing at him, and I think he 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 just does feel like lower on the card and and yeah. a lot less of a, a big deal coming off that L.A. Night million dollar title stuff. It it felt like he was maybe going to be in the title picture soon and was going to be a babyface. A lot of people were getting behind. He's kind of goofy. Right now, but he kept winning. It was funny because he kept winning. It was pissing off. Uh, he kept winning, and he didn't even really know how to play. It was just total yeah. beginner's luck. So there were some things that I I didn't mind, but you know we'll see. I, I guess I'll, I'm gonna let this play out a little bit more before I get too hard on it or you know celebrate it all too much. Yeah, this this was old old WWE uh, gimmick stuff here. I, I I liked it in the beginning. I think it went on way too long and I think the wrong person won. I, I look, it's Duke's poker room. So you're supposed to be the crook. You're the house. Yeah. I, I think he was the one that's supposed to win. I just think it went on way too long. And I think the big mistake with Grimes was not letting him keep that million dollar title. I think that should be his, I think that should be his gimmick. Um, and Cameron Grimes is really good in the ring, and we haven't seen him since that LA night match, or maybe we have, and I just don't remember it. That's no, there was, it was one like meaningless, point. yeah, yeah, and, and that's what's bad. I don't remember it, and he's become kind of a kind of a you know a laughing stick a little bit, and and I'm fine with, and he won with the twos. I guess that was a, a you know to the moon. That's good, <laughs> but I, I just I think this went on way too long throughout the show. So we saw Joe Gacy and Harlan. There's this a little uh, backstage vignette from them. Uh, backstage, we saw Zion Quinn kind of interact with uh, Electra Lopez. So we'll keep an yeah, eye. Yeah, that was on, interesting. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. Not sure where that's going to go, but it, I did think it was um, interesting that Legato Del Fantasma got the win over uh, Von Wagner and Kyle O'Reilly. And people have been mentioning that Kyle O'Reilly's contract is up not that long. And he is someone that might be able to show up <laughs> on AEW with Bobby Fish. And then you put him back with Adam Cole and you got the Undisputed yeah. Era pretty much right over there, right? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's that old Spider-Man meme? With hey, you, me, me, you. you. You, I mean, this me. is that's what we're getting here. I thought it was interesting that Santos wasn't, Escobar wasn't with them. Yeah. And, it, and, that, something... and, and Electra was like. Elevated I mean, a lot, quite a bit, right? It, it, She's, is he hurt? Is he gone? Is he moving up to the? I'm not gone. Is he moving up to the main roster? I, that kind of looked interesting to me. I, I don't think that was just a wrong place at the wrong time for Zion. I, th- I think something's going to happen there. We may be seeing Santos get moved up. Andre Chase makes me laugh. This you is know, amazing. Yes, he does. He makes me laugh. He was furious because people were calling him scared from the haunted house, and he's <laughs> he's the type of person who I actually. 
I, I would if they brought him on the main roster and let him be a guy who just got beat all the time and played this and and didn't chase the twenty four seven title, I'd be yes. good with it. He reminds yes. me sort of of Gulak a little bit, you know. Sure. Um, but I like this gimmick because he's just he's still figuring it out. But he's bit, you kind of laugh at him and you want to like he's he's a very laughy. You want to see him get punched, but not in like a you you hate him way. You just kind of want to laugh at him. Yeah, I want to see more classroom stuff with him. Me too. To get that to get this gimmick over a little bit more. But you know him coming out and, and just Braun Breaker coming out and just literally breaking him. Uh, look, I, I think that. Uh, I don't know what's going on here with Tommaso and Brian. Uh, we had an interesting promo there at the end with uh, Tommaso and the belt. You know, I have no problem with him having and keeping the belt here. It just some things, and I'm not saying fish out of water with Tommaso, but if we're not going to elevate Brian straight to the main roster, okay, he, he, I know a lot of times you don't need the title to get over. That's okay. That That's what I think on the main roster. I think he needs this NXT title. Yeah, no, I agree. I really do. Sooner, yeah, I really sooner do. than later, right? It can't be yeah. a, a lo- much longer than this. He he gets the win over Andre Chase. He cuts a little promo after, and he says he's coming after uh, the title. So hopefully soon, because I agree with you. I don't, I don't want uh, – it shouldn't be Ciampa for all that long. For uh, the beginning of this, it was fine for him to pass it to the next person. So you could beat that established person I like that formula But it has to be soon As uh, we saw a little weird thing With the Imperium You know what this was more uh, personality Than they've ever shown I'll I'll say that about them It was kind of weird that they were like Oh look at these women You know it's kind of like one of those (laughs) Toxic attraction went up to them So they were trying to to pull a Hey you're the tag team champs We're the tag team champs Well you know let's do a little Let's do a little dance And uh, so something to monitor Moving forward we're definitely going to monitor Frickin' Tony D'Angelo Oh my gosh He goes on the Lash Legend show And Tony is out there And Lash asks him what happened to the producer that his producer the producer went missing for a few days the one that told tony he can't come on the show tony has no idea what are you talking about i don't know what you, what you talking about not <laughs> not sure and then the producer comes out and tony's go hey buddy how's your kids how's your family he knows the kid's name <laughs> he's mentioning his address where he is the producer is just beat up the guy just looks like he got mugged and tony's just smiling and playing this song. i thought this is so it's it's corny. It's funny though. He's doing a really good job with it and people are liking it. They're into it. And what's worked so far is that he's been decent in the ring and he, he seems like he's really having a good time with this gimmick too and that he's into it. Man, I I like this so much. It makes me laugh every week. Yeah, I watched he was on the bump this week and uh he uh he really uh they did a segment it, it, Tell us, is this guy Pisano or is this a Pisano? It was just the emoji stuff is really good. I think the character is good. Um, you know, yeah, me, me, me and him, producer Mark, we're good friends now. We're good friends. And he was telling, uh, you know, he fell down a flight of stairs. He slipped. You know, it's 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 really good. Um, I, I I do want to see how what they do with him. Is he just going to be this gimmick guy mid card? It's entertaining, or is he elevated? Is his popularity 
going to go more and more where they're going to have to take him seriously and put him in a title picture type match. Cause it is a gimmicky, it is a gimmicky, real gimmicky character. So what happens when he gets really, really popular here and he's taking off. Um, and, and I think the same with Joe Gacy, yeah, uh, people I agree. are loving to hate him. And I think these are two guys to watch to, to sneak around. And I, I know Gacy's, Already had a match with uh, Tommaso, but these are two gimmicks that are starting to catch fire, and, and I'm interesting to see how they book him, book these guys for the next couple of weeks. Solo uh, gets the win um, in a pretty much a squash for him, yeah. and then we saw, you know, LA Knight kind of feels lost a little bit to me he right does, now too. He does. He does. Um, he does. Him and he's kind of involved in this thing with Grayson Waller. Um, he ends up distracting Grayson Waller, so Boa gets the win there, but. Him and, and Ciampa, even Gargano, who we saw afterwards, I don't know, for some reason, him coming back out. Like, I don't think the segment was bad or the match was bad. And him and the stuff with him and Loomis, I laugh at. I actually think it's really sure. funny. But I think sure. him just, when he just kind of walked out on his own and he was standing there next to Ciampa, that was a little weird, too. It you was know, he, weird. He had that look like, hmm, you know, well, something maybe up between them two. So, um, yeah, I'm. they're just, they're a couple people that feel like, it it it's time for them to to move on somewhere. Unfortunately, right? Like to to yeah, get some, some sort of a, a up to the main roster or wh- whatever they're gonna do. Yeah, and, and that's the problem when you have a lot when you've not rebranded, but basically, yeah, you rebrand and you have these drafts. And look, NXT is is like SmackDown and Raw. You have a lot of people on these rosters, and a lot of them are really good. And then. You know, I'm with you. I, I, I like the Luma stuff. If we're going to play that and him and Dexter are going to end up having a match, which probably is the case here. But it kind of seems like a lot of fish out of water. I'm not sold right now on Carmelo and Trick. I, I just hmm. something. No, they just I, don't feel quite. I think they're fine. Carmelo sort of he has plenty of talent. Like you can see sure, why absolutely. there are things absolutely. they like about him. I don't I just don't think he's quite at that level yet. They're sort of trying to force. So you feel like they force him a little higher on the card than than he should be right now. Their ring work is fine, but yeah, them getting that win, I thought. I mean, I don't think Carmelo should necessarily be losing if they're going to push him up. But right. that was like, whoa! I, I was pretty surprised actually. I was, whoa, yeah, I guess it was like a house shoe type shoe. I, I yeah, a boot or anything. I just thought that was a little weird. And I understand the heels cheating to win. If that's what you got to do, that's what you do. But I, there was there was a lot of. There was more questions. I like this episode of NXT. I really did. But I, I did think there was a lot of I, I questioned a lot more things this episode. There's a lot of things unanswered here. I, I don't I know they're going to Europe. I don't know how long that's going to be. I, I'm sure, you know, because I know, you know, Braun is uh, Breaker is working Tommaso and some three way stuff with Sami Zayn, who we didn't see on TV at all, really, this week. So there, there's just. When you have a lot of people on rosters, a lot of people get left out, and it just when you bring them back and you stick them in certain situations, they kind of feel odd, the odd man out, so to speak. My man Chad Cooper is never left out, uh, sharing his opinion with us here, <laughs> talking some wrestling each and every week. On that's what G said. Things have been going very well, and Chad Cooper, a lot of it is because of you, my friend. You are here each and every week. You put in uh, so much work to help us out, talk about all these shows. You, we not not only how long our segments go, just talking, but all all the time that it, it takes you to to watch the stuff and to take some notes and to think, you know, and to to get prepared to come on. So always appreciate uh, your time and effort. 
each and every week, my good friend. Uh, before we get out of here, was, was there a, a play or any games you wanted to, to share with us? Yeah, I got two dogs. One literally. Let's do it. Bark yeah, row, row, row. Mississippi State ranked and on the road going to Arkansas and getting five and a half. I'll take that. And uh, here, here's an upset alert. I, look, Oregon, this this look, I, the first of what, six college football rankings. Oregon kind of has one big style win. It was early in September against Ohio State. Um, Oregon has just been struggling here the last couple of weeks to beat teams. And I know this is not a Washington team that's. You know, a typical Washington team, but Washington getting seven points at home. Yep. Uh, Oregon coming to town. I'll take two dogs. Mississippi State plus five and a half. Washington plus seven. I agree. I'm not that high on Oregon either. Uh, I think it's a good spot. Koopa Loop going to be barking with the dogs this weekend. Thank you so much, buddy. I hope you have a, a great weekend. Good luck. Let's get these dogs home and uh, look forward to talking to you again next week. You got it, Gino. Chad Coop, make sure to give him a follow at the Chad Cooper on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Koopa Loop, always here, always bringing the heat. Do not go anywhere, folks. Still plenty more on That's What G Said. Koopa Loop, my man, always helping out on This Week in Wrestling with the Chad Cooper and uh, Eric, Top 2-1 Sports uh, with NFL stuff. Great, great stuff from Eric. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, getting to know Jack over the last few weeks We look forward to, to making him a fixture Of our show and some of the live streams There with all that great information From DRF Sports If you missed the horse racing shows The Breeders' Cup previews If you didn't know we had them If you were looking for some of them Well yeah, we do uh, Just to give you an idea, Friday We went through races 1-3 through three with Ryan Dickey On the uh, the Friday show, we went through races four and five with the Wolf of Oakland, Chase Sessoms. We hit the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf Sprint, the sixth race with Barry Spears. We hit the seventh race, the Juvenile Phillies with Scott Shapiro. This is all just for Friday on the one Friday show. We got the Juvenile Phillies Turf with Dave Weaver. We hit the Juvenile with Christina. We hit the Juvenile Turf with Ren Carruthers. And then Andrew Champagne and Darren Zocali gave us some of their best bets for Friday. Then for Saturday, on Breeders' Cup Saturday Preview Show Part 1, because yes, we had two, on the Part 1 show, races 1, 2, and 3 with Chappy Jeff Chapman joins us to open things up. And then we get to the fourth race, the Breeders' Cup Philly and Mirror Sprint with Dave Handelin. We get to the fifth, the Breeders' Cup Turf Sprint with Angela Herman. The sixth race, the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. I took care of that one. I went horse by horse and uh, gave you the deep dive in that one myself. The seventh race, we went Breeders' Cup Philly and Mere Turf with John Moosis. That was a ton of fun. Great information there. The eighth race, Breeders' Cup Sprint. It was Craig Milkowski. He always helps us out with that sprint each and every year. And that was Breeders' Cup Saturday Preview Show Part 1. Now for Breeders' Cup Saturday Preview Show Part 2, we had a bunch of other guests for you. Uh, we had the the Sarge, Nick Hines, ooh, helping us out with the Breeders' Cup Mile. That was race 9 for Saturday. Race 10 for Saturday, Emily Gullickson talking Breeders' Cup Distaff. Race 11 for Saturday, it was Ed DeRosa talking Breeders' Cup Turf. And then the Breeders' Cup Classic, the main event. Chris Larmy joined us to talk about every horse in that field. And Emily Gullickson also joined us for a completely separate conversation to talk about every horse in that field. And then we finished up with Saturday Best Bets, Andrew Champagne. Darren Zocali, if you need any help with anything Breeders' Cup related, anything for Friday, anything for Saturday, any race, any horse in every race, in every one of our conversations, if there's a horse running in a Breeders' Cup race, we talked about it. Every horse, every race got discussed, analyzed. We'll let you know, should you play them, should you not. 
That was a little earlier this week on That's What G Said. Hope you enjoyed the uh, football and the wrestling here. We'll be back next week, and schedule will be a little more back to normal in that most of the shows will always be those uh, those great variety shows where we can give you the deep dives, the quality, but also the quantity. So uh, we'll get back a little bit more to that to that rhythm next week. As uh, this weekend, it's Breeders' Cup, NFL Week 9, and we hope you all have a great one, folks. Joey Cleveland, my good friend, how talented is he with all the uh, the music that you hear on That's What G Said. Joey, buddy, close us out. Value.